Mode, round 45. This is the official video game podcast of Secret Friends Unite. I'm your host, Todd Oxtra, joined by my cheerful friend from the north, the Canardian, Mark Carabin. Hey, how you guys doing? Excellent, as always. And we are joined by a very special guest, a fellow Minnesotan, and that is Adam Leonard. He is a fantastic artist. He is also one of the founders of Megadads, um, and he is talented in so many ways I couldn't even begin to explain it. But he has also created the fantastic logo we have for Secret Friends Unite. He's been on Secret Friends, but we don't talk on about video games on Secret Friends, so I thought it was a perfect time to bring on Adam. So, Adam, thank you for joining us. Absolutely. It's, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, and Adam, uh, you're kind of um, in that spot where you're feeling 2020 a lot more than some people because you are <laughs> you are big into the, the the convention scene and being around people and yeah. showing your stuff and 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 meeting fans and building a fan base and that that's kind of crazy because you attend multiple conventions in Minnesota. Yeah, we um not only do we do local video game conventions and uh, I do a lot of art convention work, but uh. This year we had big plans to go to E3, and that got flushed down the toilet like everything else in 2020. So um, while everybody's been feeling the pinch of staying home and being able to do less, I, uh, I'm i definitely missing seeing people and talking <laughs> with people and, and sharing what we do. And uh, obviously coverage has been limited as far as video games go, so... I'm ready for it to be done, man. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready to turn the page on 2020. It that's, does that's feel kind of not it. Like, yeah, yeah. You guys are are not. I mean, there's only so much we can do to kind of wait out the pandemic part of 2020. Mm-hmm. But like, Megadads is Megadads is kind of taking a step further than that to affect some things that you can change. Any, yeah. any chance you can tell us a little bit about uh, what you guys are doing there? Yeah, so this year we've we've done multiple things. Um, Todd, you and I were just talking a second ago about my appearance on the DLC podcast last year. And that that episode came right after an incident of horrific gun violence um, in America, which is all too common. And it sparked something in me that I wanted to use Megadads, you know, as a platform to do something a little bit more. And I spoke with John, who is my my brother and the co-creator of Megadads, who I podcast with. And we created Megadads Outreach. And we're kind of taking multiple approaches with Megadads Outreach. We've we've raised uh, funds. We, we partnered with the United Way earlier this year to raise money for COVID-19 relief. Um, this summer, we did an event where we partnered with Every Town for Gun Gun, safe, uh, gun violence prevention. Uh, we did our tw- our big rock band marathon where we raised money for gun violence prevention. And um, right now we are in the midst of something that we're calling Voice 2020, where we are uniting with multiple personalities and voices in the video game industry, both from the media side, like like you and I, and also from the uh, from the development, the game development side. We've got some voice actors in there and. Uh, We've we've cast a wide net to kind of normalize the conversation about um, not just encouraging people to vote, but to vote to make the necessary changes to turn this country around Uh, at Megadads. We've all we've never shied away from conversations like this. We have very 
fervent beliefs and uh, a moral system. And um, we're just leaning into it because we're in some dark times right now. And we want to encourage people to speak about it. And by getting people like Jeff Kanata or Sissy Jones or Blessing Adioye Jr., um, you know, we are reaching as many people as we can to say the time is now where, you know, you, you, you can't afford to be quiet anymore. I know a lot of people are very nervous to have these kinds of conversations. They don't know how people are going to react. Um, people like us who are in this industry of podcasting and content creation that, you know, they worry, what are, what are our listeners going to think? What are our viewers going to think? Um, but honestly, my, my moral backbone won't allow me not to say something. And yeah. so we're doing this and we are trying to reach as many people as we possibly can to encourage them to, to try to write this ship, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And if it goes south, Mark has invited us all to Canada. So well, I'm yeah, there, man. There. <laughs> come on, come on up. It's uh, actually it's getting a little colder. We were still. Um, I think I'll probably be in the water tomorrow. Um, so my brother was out on a sea dew today, and I uh, was like, "Yeah, it wasn't too bad." So um, I don't know. If the, you guys can do the Celsius uh, Fahrenheit conversion. It was about 15 degrees today. Um, <laughs> I was a little getting a little nippy to be in the water, but uh, get it while yeah. it lasts, kind of thing. Uh, basically, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, we're covered, Mark. We uh, we 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 uh, specialize in cold in Minnesota, so it doesn't really matter. You guys yeah. will be perfectly at home. Yeah, uh, let me just do the. So that's about fifty nine. Okay, uh, it's about six, it was about so sixty yeah, five, seventy degrees Fahrenheit today. Okay. All right. Yeah. So now it's not my speedo. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. You guys will fit right in. It's great. <laughs> yes, we preferred everybody uh, nice and erect uh, when we. <laughs> <laughs> Well, some parts. Anyways, uh, yeah, some go in a hole. Uh, but um, yeah, Adam, I just want to get your opinion really quick. Uh, we're going to yeah. talk about backwards compatibility and everything when we get into uh, all of the con uh, discussion about next gen. But you talked about Rock Band. When I looked on 360 and Xbox One, there is no uh, like games that are musical, like that require instruments and things that are backwards compatible on Xbox one from the 360 era. Um, and I've talked about this. I'm like that genre could potentially could be dead if it's not carried forward. Um, do you guys think that's even possible that we'll see rock band four carried forward onto next gen? Well, here's the thing. So my brother owns the copy of rock band four. And when he bought it, he bought what was called the Legacy Adapter. So mm. he has basically a, a junction box where we can plug our 360 instruments into it, and then that goes into the Xbox One. So if you are one of the lucky few to have this, that theoretically will carry forward to the Series S and Series X, because as I've said, all peripheral devices will be future-proof. Hmm. If you do not have that, you're probably hosed. <laughs> and and yeah. given that this series is not exactly something that people are uh, clamoring for, and in fact, mm. you can't even get new instruments at this point. You have to you have to pony up a fair amount of money on an eBay or something like that. Um, unfortunately, you're probably going to have to dust off your old consoles as well if you want to keep going. We are fortunate enough where we have the uh, the means to keep going forward. 
my son discovered something called Clone Hero, which is essentially Guitar Hero slash Rock Band on PC. It's compatible, mm-hmm. and it uses the same lanes and everything, and he's got – we have a Rock Band 4 guitar for PS4, um, and it works. But he's complaining about it, and he says, well, actually, Dad, the Wii guitar with the Wiimote is the best. I'm like, that is bizarre, but okay. But I've then, never heard that. <laughs> I haven't either. And I went to look up the pricing of Wii guitars, and it's ridiculous. I remember when oh, they yeah. were giving those things away, mm-hmm. you couldn't get enough of those. So it's kind of crazy how – you know, when, when, you know, Activision totally killed Guitar Hero, I'm wondering where all those guitars are. Are they like in a pit with all the ET cartridges? And, you know, and the interesting thing is that Harmonix is still coming out with content for yeah. Rock Band 4. So who knows well, what the future that is like. But, um, I mean, we are huge Rock Band 4 fans or Rock Band series fans, my brother and I. We play that every chance we get. Do you guys I think we'll see a resurgence that. like we did with with Tony Hawk recently? Like they destroyed that series. Oh, yeah. For all intents and purposes. Like that. Like they went, you know, with the whatever the skateboard peripheral the and all that kind of crap. Like they they drove that into the ground, completely killed it. Kind of similar to how a lot of people feel like the music instrument thing you know that was like they mm-hmm. iterated so much and then you had aerosmith versions and beatles versions right. and this that and everything else and it was Lego. just like done to crap right it was like do you think in a couple of years the the world will be ready for this resurgent of of you know uh here's here's guitar hero one two and three in a bundle or something like that or guitar hero super collection because i think they already did guitar hero ultimate so i yeah, they'll come up with, you know, something right. Guitar Hero Retro and, and it'll be for the new consoles and all that kind of, um, you know, back to the roots kind of thing, just like they're doing with Tony Hawk 1 and 2. You know, I hope so, because like what an evergreen concept, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like the only the only problem is the dependency on those peripherals. Mm-hmm. And you either have to like oversaturate the market and have all this extra stuff or or it's hard to find, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, I I would love to say that they'll come out with a next gen version, and I don't I don't know if it's ever going to be the mega hit that it was, you know, in the day. But it's such a great concept, and there's nothing like playing a game like that in a room with other people. And online is online is the big thing, obviously. But mm-hmm. you know, I grew up, we all grew up playing couch co op games, or you know, stuff like Mario Kart. And there is nothing like getting a room full of people to get on the sticks or to grab a guitar. And I mean, I've been playing games my entire life and there's just nothing quite like that party experience of playing rock band. So I hope so. I hope so. Well, if only connected survived, we could do like air guitar and and, (laughs) air drums and just it would be perfect. Just like we music, you know, definitely changed. Such a big hit. Yes. Just like it. Yes, mm-hmm. that's what we oh. want. Todd, come on now. Uh, I'm I'm all for it. How dare I, you say that name I in the know. same sentence as, as Guitar Hero like, and Rock Band? Barry had a little lamb. You know those classic hits. <laughs> Good lord. Uh, uh, but I, I wonder how Robbie's doing. Yeah, Robbie drums. You know. Yeah. Hey, we should we should really check into him. We Which should have him as a We should have him as a guest, Mark. Fantastic. Oh, everybody's waiting for yes. that. Um, although I think Rocksmith <laughs> still exists. I think that still exists mm-hmm. and is supported. And it basically, that's a cool idea because it takes an existing guitar and it just has yeah. a USB adapter, but pretty limited, though, still. Oh, well. Um, 
you know, I could cry about uh, those type of things, but I'd rather talk about what we've been playing. So, Adam, what have you been playing? A couple things. Um, first, I'll talk about a little bit of VR. Uh, I just played through the first episode of Vader Immortal on PSVR, and it's it's kind of a mixed bag. I'm a huge fan of VR. I love it. I, I want I want VR to succeed. I want every console to adapt it. I want to play Zelda in VR. I want everything in VR. Um, the problem is with every VR experience, you kind of see, especially on PlayStation, it's a limited platform, right? So Vader Immortal has this really great sense of immersion in Star Wars. They just nail the tone, the aesthetic, the sound, um, being right there and staring at and approaching Darth Vader in VR is just jaw dropping, right? Um, unfortunately, there's there's some cracks in in the in the surface of this game. Uh, it's a really interesting storyline that relies on your on the protagonist, the character that you're playing, has a lot of um, there's a lot of mystery to him, and there's a lot of things going on with his backstory. But I find myself kind of withdrawn because they make him a silent protagonist which is really it it doesn't suit this kind of experience because the narrative is relying so much on this character and what he brings to the lore and the mystery and he never speaks so the entire time i'm playing through this i'm expect they're, they're relying on other characters to kind of carry the narrative he's got like a robot counterpart and she, she's adequately voice acted but she's kind of there for comedy relief and you're just kind of observing the beats as it goes on. It's not so much of a game as it is an experience. Um, it's fun. It's really cool. I love how they just nail the, the feeling of holding the, um, the crappy little move controller, but it's got that, that little button on it that shoots your lightsaber into action. And the sound when you got your headphones on, just, they just nail it. Right. Um, but it's, it's, it, you know, it's limited. There's a game I played this summer, the Iron Man VR. I was so looking forward to that, but it was just so kneecapped by the platform. I was so disappointed with it. And um, uh, the thing with VR is they either kill it, like with an Astrobot, where it's like, this is the greatest thing ever, or or you get a game where it's like, this is good, but man, I can't wait for the next step of VR. And I'm kind of getting that vibe with Vader um, but the other game I've been playing is Avengers, and I know you guys are playing this as well. I think well. we all have, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I think you guys have all beat it, right? Yes. Yeah, I finished the campaign. I mean, the story as, campaigns. Yeah, yeah, as much as you okay. can beat a game like this. But yeah. um, well, I have lots of questions because sure. I am early. I have. I'm doing the Black Widow portion of the game right now, and. You're not um, as early as you could be. Uh, okay. That's like, okay. yeah, when it, it starts to kind of pick up pace, kind okay. of. Um, once you, you know, you, you start to get a couple of characters. Uh, Adam, you can kind of back me up or argue this if you want to. But, you know, it starts off and it's such a personal story with Kamala. And then you kind of run into Bruce and it's you're developing both of these characters and then you. You meet Tony. Uh, slight spoilers for anyone who's thinking about playing this. Uh, so maybe, you know, if you don't want to hear any Avenger stuff, skip ahead because maybe minor story beats. Um, but I'll try to keep it vague. So you pick up Tony and there's this, you know, back and forth and kind of argumentative. Are they going to beat the crap out of each other or make out kind of thing I love with that Tony stuff. and Bruce? Yeah, love it's great. It's fantastic. Really, really well acted. Um, and you kind of really 
start to get into these characters and, and different iterations of these characters than we've seen in the MCU and, and so forth. And then I find, yeah, you get a little bit of this mystery stuff. Black Widow comes onto the scene and then the rest of the characters is just kind of like, hey, and then suddenly Thor's here and then this happens and then this happens and then yeah. the story's over and it's like, WTF did they just do to me right there? Because I was so, yeah. so invested. Like they had such great character development for a few of these and then it was just like slap in the face, like let's go. And then there were a couple of story beats that was like – um. <sighs> There's one with Tony and someone else in space, and that's all I'm going to say. And space. Uh, there's. I'm intrigued. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and it's it's a really like nice moment for a second, and then everything goes to hell. Um, but yeah, I, I, Adam, how did you feel about the pacing? Uh, am I kind of correct? And once you get Black Widow, everything really starts to speed up. It's it's such a complicated game to explain. Uh, it. There, there. Okay, first of all, there are many different ways you can approach the game, because you're right. At a certain, at a certain junction in the game, they throw ten million things at you, and they're like, "What do you want to do?" And you, <laughs> you can like either, Destiny Kids? <laughs> yeah, yeah, much. yeah. Either you can either you know go grind and go for gear that nobody can cares about, or um, go do all these special Hulk missions or whatever. There's like, eventually you get to a point where the game just opens up and it's like, here's what this is. It's a Mm -hmm. whole bunch of crap. We're going to throw it all at you at once. I find that what I did with this game is I approached it on my own terms. I said, I'm here for a single player story based experience. I found all of those core narrative missions and I beelined to the ending. Once that was over, then I went back because you can obviously keep playing this forever. And I started doing some of the ancillary side stuff. I think that's for me. I think that's the best way to play this game, because what I was there for is the story. And this game suffers some incredible pacing issues. If you if you start doing all of this uh, repetitive side mission stuff. Even if you stick to the core story, you still get a lot of that. And you're right. The pacing is just kind of all over the place. We talked about it on Mega Dads, and I kind of said it's it, it feels like a movie that had a lot of reshoots mm. where you could see like what they were trying to do at first. And then they wrapped it up and then all the studio heads said, but we need a little bit more of this. We need a little bit more of that because the kids really like this and the kids really like that. <laughs> and then they inserted a whole bunch of crap that isn't necessarily bad. It just messes with what the other element of the game is. It's got dual personalities. Yes. And I, I think they both work. But I don't think they necessarily work in cohesion with each other. They don't necessarily mesh like you want them to. It, yeah. to me, reminded me of, of Anthem in that sense, where Anthem had this story mode of, you know, things that they wanted you to do. But then they kind of and, and it's it felt like halfway through development or, or sometime through development, they said, no, you know what? We're going to make this a game as a service. We're going to do the Destiny thing. So every single mission, you have to have multiplayer people with you. But even if you have your friends with you, they can't watch the same cutscenes, and they're going to be 
you know, thrown off in different directions eventually. And then they, you'll have to force them to come back and it's, it's convoluted. This isn't quite that bad at parts, but there are, like I said, on the last episode, there are parts where, you know, you can jump in with a friend or invite a friend in. And it's really cool to be, like I said, last time your Hulk, where it's your gear and your customization and that kind of stuff, helping a friend or they're helping you or whatever. But then there's some that are, solo missions some that it's like tacked on weirdness and um and like adam said there there is a little bit of uh whose line is it anyway kind of feeling to this of like everything's made up and the points don't matter it's like there's 17 different freaking currency systems and like upgrade paths are like he spend this on this but you know maybe you don't need to do that right away and it's like like adam said the gear doesn't really matter up until a certain point it's like oh for god's sake just let me play like spider-man like avengers story yeah and see that's just kind of it because like that spider-man stuff is in there it's not as good but it's in there so there are moments in this game where you're just like oh my god like tony tony is flying through a canyon at breakneck speeds Mm -hmm. and jarvis is pumping in the hard rock and you're just (laughs) like yes this is exactly what i want and then like the next mission is fight 10 waves of robots in this <laughs> in this factory because for reasons <laughs> you yeah. know so it's like and i don't think any of that stuff is bad it's just like it doesn't feel like it fits together all the time so mm-hmm. it's kind of a frustrating game i i i really enjoy it but it's got some it's got some uh multiple personality disorder for sure so, so um, Todd, let, me, let me ask you guys. So yeah. you beat it. Um, what characters did you enjoy the most and least to play? Adam, go ahead. I love Thor. I got to say, I just went. And, and that's another thing of this game is once you really start leveling up your characters and unlocking all of the combos and stuff, the feeling of an effective Thor where you're just like throwing your hammer And it's so cool because your hammer, if it hits a dude and it'll pin him to a wall and like the hammer just stays because he can't move it. And you, you know, pull a bunch of combos on some other guys. You push the button, you call the hammer back, you electrocute, uppercut some dude. It just it it feels perfect. Um, I love Thor. I don't know that I have necessarily a character that I didn't enjoy playing as because they all have. They all have their different perks. Um, there's obviously characters who can fly like Black Widow can't fly, but she has some really great combo and ranged uh, gunplay. And, um, you know, they all bring something. I guess if I had to pick one, I'd probably say Hulk just because he's a little unwieldy to control. But that's kind of how he's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. Um, but my favorite is definitely Thor. It's so badass. <laughs> and I, I loved playing it, but I only got to play him in the opening, and I'm still waiting. I'm like, when's Thor going to show up? I'm really excited to play him, and I'm still mm-hmm. waiting. Yeah, yeah uh, Thor Thor is so enjoyable. When you get the uh, throw your hammer and then headbutt the dude uh, mm-hmm. combination with a skill mm-hmm. tree thing, it's like, oh, man, this is great. Yeah. Um, I, I did. I did very much enjoy Thor. Uh, I also liked Cap a lot more than I expected because once I saw that there were flying characters and like Kamala and Widow can kind of like um, almost Spider Man yeah. their way across things with like grapples or her extendy arms. Um, I was like, man, Cap's going to be a little like 
her to justify moving around a city or something like if i'm going to be playing with friends and they're like thor iron man kamala like swinging or flying across a city i'm gonna be like <laughs> one second guys i'm coming and uh, this is an audio podcast so no one could see me like you know cardio running, cardio uh, yeah just yeah. In, in place um so yeah but i really i really enjoy cap uh with the the sh- once like adam said once you can level up that skill tree and get like multiple targets with your shield or when the shield starts to come back you can kick it and it'll go back and hit that, someone that else so cool yeah. uh such a badass combo and I, i'm really enjoying cap more than i thought the character that i think i'm, I'm least impressed with and todd we kind of talked about this before iron man when yeah. and when when anthem does a better iron man than the avengers game <laughs> there's a problem uh and it's just i and i think i i know the problem and it's the same reason that i think adam doesn't like the Hulk maybe as much as some other characters is because they don't feel quite like we've seen in the MCU. Uh, Hulk for our, like, you know, realistically should be able to one punch his way through any single enemy that's on the screen, but it takes the same amount of punches Mm -hmm. with Hulk that it does with widow. And there's, there's some sort of disconnect there where he does feel unwieldy and wild, but at the same time, you're still like multiple punching like the, level one robot and it's like this is there's Mark, something wait, wrong wait, wait. here they they have gamma like radiation that's uh horrible to the hulk it's like it's right. like everything's they, laced with krypton with superman they they <laughs> brought their hulk bat spray yes. and uh they, they effectively use that um but i think iron man's kind of the same because he should be able to fly so quickly and move so quickly and the mcu version can blow up a tank with a little arm cannon uh they had to dial them back a bit uh, once you begin to unlock some of the skill trees it does become better where you get missiles and lasers and this and that and whatever but starting out with iron man it really feels like you're capped really feels mm-hmm. like you're leveled down he flies pretty slowly from what i was kind of expecting to zip around and like i said anthem just kind of nailed that where you can do like you know triple flip and then go into a flight and then land really hard and go right into a combo and it just it feels like he's a little clunky uh, in this game at some points. So uh, you guys have completed the game. Um, mm-hmm. We know more characters are coming. Um, I'm not 100% clear on what the additional content will be. Will it be story-based? Will it be just multiplayer missions? What's going to keep people coming back to this game? My understanding is um, they've announced four characters. That, well, they've announced three and heavily implied a fourth. Yeah. Uh, and I think they all come with their set of missions. Uh, the first character is Kate Bishop. It's a character I'm not mm-hmm. even familiar with because I haven't read comics in so long. She's like Hawkeye's little sister. Yeah, the way. apprentice kind of thing. Yeah, yeah it's a, she's going to be the next Hawkeye. So um, Yeah, and the, the trailer that they've announced her with, it, it there's, a, there's a story there. So mm-hmm. that kind of implies that each of these new characters will have their own set of story missions, which is pretty cool because the narrative stuff in this game is really well done. It's just mm-hmm. when they it's, it's just when it becomes like an arcade game that, you know, that can kind of fall flat. Mm. Uh, I'm, I'm curious how they differentiate between Kate and Clint, uh, because introducing Hawkeye and Hawkeye as the first two DLC characters <laughs> seems really strange. I'm wondering if the uh, the implied character that Adam mentioned, Black uh, Black Panther. I'm wondering if he was supposed to drop 
between those two and maybe break that up a little bit but it, it seems like they've yeah kind of delayed that announcement or delayed the uh, the drop and and i'm wondering you know there, there are heavy rumors of uh, wakanda being kind of um like a big oh what do you call, call it um like the raid kind of mission uh thing mm. so so you know that could be delayed so end game content um might might be a little strange on this one to to bring people back and keep them coming back um but yeah i'm i'm so far very curious like adam said to to check out the story of any of these characters that that do drop into the game and and i'm curious to see more who who else um and that's uh, actually i want to spin that around now and ask what characters you guys would like to see that haven't been announced we've got spider-man hawkeye hawkeye and let's let's just call it black black panther basically Mm -hmm. there who else do they need to add to this roster uh you know a couple of characters who do you guys think you'd uh who'd you like to see todd you are are way more of the comic guy than i am so i want i want to throw it to you because i mean i got my character but i don't know if he belongs Sure, and that's a that's a hard question because they're characters that have been Avengers. I just don't know if they're going to open it up because there's mm-hmm. Red Herring, which is the X Men. Like Wolverine has been an Avenger. I don't right. know if they're going to open this game to those characters because I think this game was in progress before Marvel bought Fox. So I'm assuming they said nope, we're not doing that. But um, I think Vision would be a very interesting character because of his power set, ability to fly. Um, and cause he basically has that intangibility, which could be interesting cause he could go through robots and blow them up. So I think that would be a unique take. And obviously then with the companion set of Scarlet, Witch, could also be an interesting set, uh, to add. So that would probably be my take because they're very iconic characters with Avengers. Mm -hmm. I I think Dr. Strange could have some really cool, um, combo stuff in there. Um, but I, when I think of Marvel characters that aren't attached to the X-Men, cause I've always been partial to the X-Men universe. Um, I don't know if he was ever an adventure, but daredevil is like my guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he is so cool. Uh, I would love to see daredevil in there. All sorts of aerial combat. And I think he'd be pretty cool. It'd be really cool. I, I mean, yeah. And, and I don't know, like we haven't really seen, I mean, aside from Spider-Man, who's not, I mean, he's, He's been in the movies, he's been an Avenger, but not he's not always a team player, you know what I mean? No. So um you know, in the comics. So it's it's um it is interesting to see where they could go with this and and can they bring in Wolverine, who's been an Avenger and an X-Man and, and mm-hmm. uh you know, can they bring in other characters? I a hundred percent I was gonna say Doctor Strange before you said uh before you said that. So um to think of another one, I'm you know, I, I would love to see um, to see Falcon, too. I'd love another like flying character yeah. with with kind of because um, we, we've got Thor and Iron Man as flying characters and Falcon is not quite as super powerful as them. So seeing a flying character with a little bit more of maybe like Black Widow's gun style, I think would be a really interesting combination and see how they combo out uh, that skill tree. Um, yeah, it is. Uh, beyond that i'm really curious to see even characters we haven't seen maybe in movies or not popularized as you know traditional avengers that people think of uh can they take other 
will this become a Marvel game? Is this going to become the, you know, Smash Brothers right. of the Marvel universe or is it just specifically going to be kind of uh, Avengers? So it'll be interesting to see how they round out the roster. Yeah, and I don't know how long they intend this game to live. I mean, we've got it like, you know, Destiny's a 10-year project and all these mm-hmm. other games that are ongoing. And it, I don't know, uh, you know, obviously we heard, you know, LucasArts has a, what, 10-year deal with Star Wars. I have no clue what Marvel does with their games and how long they intend these to last. And obviously they'll live on on next gen. So, and one thing I hope they do fix, like, again, we're going to talk about next gen next, fix the load times. Oh, my God. I oh, want a next gen oh, console mm-hmm. for those times. I have died so many times. I'm not I'm I'm not good at video games. I know this, but I have died so many times in some of the boss battles, and every time you die, oh I'm all, I'm looking at Thor again. I'm like, I like to look at Thor, mm-hmm. but it's like those Skyrim scenes when you're looking at the Skyrim stuff waiting to load again. Oh, it's it's painful. Yeah. Agreed. Anything else, Adam? Yeah, I would just say before I move on, one more thing that I kind of like a uh, like a wish list for this game is I would love at a certain point when they do rack up enough of these additional characters, I would love some sort of mode or stage where you can have like 10, 12 heroes all come together for like a massive, you know, Infinity War, Secret War kind of battle. I think that would just be amazing if you could open up that online because right now it's you know it's kept at, at four players mm-hmm. yeah I'm if they could do more there yeah once they get a bit of frost you know you think about that battle in uh infinite outside of wakanda and just imagine getting you know 12 15 people online all as different avengers in this massive battle i think that could be there's a lot of potential for something like that yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I would, think uh oh sorry, go ahead, Todd. I was gonna say I would love to see them expand this beyond aim and that mm. villain set. Yeah. Go really crazy into the villains, get more really villains versus just robots and aim thugs. I, I think that'd be a lot of fun as well. Yeah, I mean well you know, they there are things I think in this game that kind of hint toward um I mean it's gonna be more robots, but possibly an Ultron. Mm-hmm. Or a version of Ultron that's that's in this game, um, like I said before, a raid in Wakanda. But I, I think they could also, um, I mean, there there's some Kree, there's some you know, which kind of leads to Skrull talks maybe. Um, and I'm wondering if if you know the the Secret Wars, Secret Invasion could kind of be brought into this game as well, um, which which could definitely be interesting with a lot of characters and and. You know, we could even see a PvP mode of, uh, you know, Civil War. Uh, oh, yeah. Once they have enough people, yeah. you know, this uh, PvP, get four versus four or something like that, or uh, even, you know, bigger teams. But, um, you know, the Civil War we saw in the movies was not quite the uh, end game <laughs> uh, Infinity War kind of giant battle, but uh, it could still be kind of cool with four or five people per team and uh, just duking it out as Avenger versus Avenger. That kind of neat. Very cool. Yeah. Any Adam, anything else you've been playing? No, no. I'm a dad, so I uh, am pretty limited. <laughs> I, I totally understand, and I have no excuses because, like, my son plays games, and he lets me play games. So that is something you guys get to look forward to because eventually <laughs> they'll be playing on their own. They won't want to talk to you. So there mm-hmm. you go. Yeah. Uh, so, Mark, you've been playing an oldie but a, a better 
I, better? I don't know what I said. Yeah, only but, only, but a goodie, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, full throttle. Um, I, I got back into um, saw someone talking about it online, and uh, yeah, I, I had to I had to jump back in, and it's it's great. It's been years. Um, so it was uh, Jason Lacey that was uh, talking about it. He, I, I don't know if he finished it or, or played it or something, but he, he was talking about it on Twitter. And I was like, man, it has been years since I played that. And I know I, I think I have it on PlayStation, but I said, you know, with being, being a new dad, um, again, my, my game time is a little limited. So when I'm sitting down on a console, it's, I'm, I'm usually either Fortnite or, uh, or Avengers recently. So I said, I'm going to pick this up on the iPad and just be able to kind of play it a little bit like right before bed or while I'm watching TV or doing something. But man, I, I loved this game growing up and I still love it. I still remember like lines, story beats, little secrets, little where things are. And it's like, it's been 15, 20 years since I played this game. And it, to, to remember stuff like that, it's like watching an old favorite movie or something. It's just all flooding back to me. And it's, it's, uh, it's such a fun game. Such great, um, voice talent, especially for the time. And, uh, it's, yeah, it's a special experience. I, the iPad, probably not the best place to play it. It is a little, um, just hindered by touch controls. And I have read a lot of reviews that say like, it's been buggy or crashy. I have not experienced any of those. I don't know if, if that's thanks to the iPad pro or I'm just lucky or something, or that maybe they fixed it and I'm reading old reviews. I don't know, but, uh, so far so good. No problems. It's really easy to switch between the old graphics and the new remastered graphics. It's literally just pinching your finger in or out. Uh, so it's, you can switch on the fly, which I really enjoy because when I'm looking at the new graphics, I'm like, yeah, this is how it always looked. And then I pinch back out. And it's like, <laughs> oh, my God, like my brain filled in a lot of the details back in the day, uh, which I guess is is true for any game. I mean, the next game I think we're all going to be talking about is, is uh, Mario 3D All-Stars. And, you know, we all did, I think, the same thing with uh, Mario 64, where we'd look at it and say, this is the best thing ever. It it's you can never get better than this. And you know, so and we it, haven't, no, <laughs> no, we, we haven't for sure. Uh, but no, if, if you haven't played full throttle, uh, and you like kind of point and click LucasArts games, uh, it's not quite as goofy as something like, uh, Grim Fandango day of the tentacle monkey Island, that kind of stuff. But it is a great motorcycle, cool kind of story with some, yeah, it's just great. Just just check it out. It's like five bucks on on the uh, the app store if you want to go that route. And I think fifteen on uh, console, Steam, wherever. So it's uh it's it's worth picking up. Did they add like the hint mode, Marks? Because I know some of those LucasArts games, it's like the the the, the solution to a puzzle is like put the cat oh, in the yeah. bucket <laughs> and make the the bucket float i mean yeah it's really it's obtuse as hell and yeah. and that's why i'm saying like with the ipad touch controls um so with a mouse when you hover over objects it'll kind of give you a little like hint kind of thing or or uh at least a reticle that's like this is an interactable object with the ipad you're just looking at a screen so until you yeah. put your finger on something you don't know that something's interactive but what you can do and i, I found this out 
very quickly is you can basically just kind of like drag your finger all across the screen and wait for something to, to pop up the wait for that little reticle to, to show up. So if you are stuck, I, I haven't been stuck enough that I've needed a hint mode, so it might be there, but I haven't needed it yet. But again, I'm going on these 15, 20 year old memories of like, yeah, I still remember that stupid hose is that you need to connect to the gas can to connect the thing after you make the cops come to the tower. And, it, you know, like I'm remembering all this weird shit that I'm like, uh, there, there's I don't remember French from high school, but like this is sticking in my friggin brain. I don't know. That's um, the kind of stuff that pisses my wife off. Right. She's, <laughs> How do you remember that crap? <laughs> you know where the warp was, was hidden, but you don't know our anniversary. <laughs> Why wouldn't yeah, I remember that? That's a fun thing. Our anniversary I'm, happens every year anyway. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only one with gamer brain, but uh, it's – yeah, this this is uh, – it is bringing it back hard for me for sure. Excellent. Um, yeah, we'll talk about the next game last, but really quickly. Um, I'm playing a game called Hunt Down. I don't know if you guys are familiar with this game. Mm-hmm. It's on Switch, but it's also on PS4 and Xbox, and this game is a pixel – shooter kind of like blackthorn remember that game blackthorn that blizzard did brutal gross and disgusting but fun i think did the artwork for that i I think he did um and this game though embodies the greatest 80s uh video game that never came out this is Mm -hmm. like um a john carpenter film you know escape from la but in pixelated form you play as bounty hunters trying to get bounties the characters are anaconda john sawyer in a uh, a robot with a heart called Mo Man, and you just have just the side-scrolling adventure that it's not a, a roguelike, as I said, Mark. I don't like. Uh, it's perfect, but it's you're going on these missions to get these bounties, these over-the-top bad guys. One guy is all about flexing his muscles and being a badass and he throws barbells at you and he's hard to kill he flexes enough he'll get his health back and you get weapons on the fly as you kill people you get health power-ups you get shotguns and crowbars and you even get a guitar that you can smash the crap out of people with and it's just a fun game um i just really enjoy it it's it's challenge but it's not like so hard it's like i'm not enjoying this and the wit and humor they have it just feels like i said the soundtrack feels like um stranger things and any you know those 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 soundtracks of the 80s that just get in your brain it's like oh my god this is awesome like kung fury those type of things it's very tongue-in-cheek very goofy and each character is just those 80s stereotypes in video game form um check it out it's like 20 bucks i picked it up on switch and it was on sale but i'm like i've got to play this game and i'm really enjoying it it's really fun so um it sounds check awesome it out. it's great and they're actually selling this is awesome they're making an arcade cabinet for this game and are going to start selling it that is fantastic so the, the visual of this more uh where where what console generation would you line it up to this is a genesis game this is okay. like flashback looking kind of era but actually a little bit more you know because it's modern it can take advantage of those things but i'd say definitely genesis in that era right i there's i I don't know if you guys feel this too or if it's just me but there's a point where like so many games are coming out like indie games or whatever that are retro style but some of them i think for me almost go too far regressed of like i don't they do something that the the graphics are just like almost too simplified to me and uh, uh, that super nintendo i find is the sweet spot for me and if it starts to look nes or even like a little earlier i'm just like 
the game really has to hook me in order for me to get in it. And yeah. my, that might just be my age or when I really got into gaming or something. But um, yeah, this game looks awesome. Oh man, that artwork. Yeah, I just tossed in the uh, the link oh, on the main characters in the uh, man, in the chat. Yep. Uh, where's my switch? It's in the living room. <laughs> I, I want to go <laughs> buy this game. Right now. That's, just watch a YouTube video. You'll fantastic. you'll know if you like this game or not. But to me, yeah. it's totally worth it. It's it's fantastic. Awesome. Um, and then Mark, uh, lastly, uh, Mario 3D All Stars. Adam, did you get this as well or no? I am waiting. Okay. Obviously not for a sale because it's Nintendo. But mm-hmm. <laughs> I just I just didn't feel like. Drop in the sixty dollars on this until until I'm ready. Let's just say I have complicated feelings about this game. Yeah, I think a lot of people do, and I think a lot of people are waiting till like um, March. Oh, actually, April first, as we talk March twenty twenty one, and see that's what the they do dies. because that's everything ends on March thirty first apparently, and Mario yeah. dies. He's killed. That's his birthday <laughs> present. But yeah. uh, Mark, uh, how much have you? So I got this game. I actually got a second copy. Well, I was the hero to my friend with his young son. He's seven years old. Um, six, seven. I'm trying to remember. Sorry, Henry. Um, and he was just so excited. We were talking today because I I gave him the game today. He's like, "Do you get to shoot the the things at at Mario and Galaxy?" I'm like, "Yes, you do." He's like, "Yes, Dad, we got to get home." So he wanted us to get out of the bar. Actually, not a bar. It was a brew pub. He wanted to leave. So <laughs> so he's very excited. So I, at least I saved the day because it's been sold out everywhere. No one can find this damn game. But uh, yeah. Uh, how much have you played so far, Mark? Uh, I played a bit of all three. So I put more time into 64. I wanted to revisit that first. And uh, my wife was also super excited to play. So we were just both kind of bouncing back and forth and playing a lot of, of 64. Uh, I played a couple of worlds worth of Sunshine and I played the first mission of Galaxy. So that's that's where I'm at with this collection. What about I yourself? Well. I, I'm I'm exactly the same. I played all of the games just to get a feel for it, and um, I started with 64 because that's the game I have never completed. I didn't own an N64. I tried it on the Wii and the Wii U Virtual Console. I'm like, I don't like the camera. The camera kills me, especially coming in late. Um, Sunshine was my first real Mario 3D game, so that had a a a decent camera with dual sticks and those things like mm-hmm. that. So, so it was a struggle for me. I had no nostalgia for uh, Mario 64. So that's where I'm like, I'm going to try to get through this. Right on. And how's your, your progress so far? I'm on, let me just put it this way. Um, that ice world where there's a penguin. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. That's a horrible level design. It's not. <laughs> it's, it's, I don't care. Reason. It's classic level. No, that's horrible level design. It's you slide all over the place, and apparently there's two penguins, and one is not the penguin baby that I'm supposed to deliver. Come on. Yep. Do you throw the penguin baby off the stage yet? In pure frustration. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> It'll happen. Don't worry. We all yeah, do. You'll it. get there. Yeah. 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 You'll get there. Um. Well, it's, it's, I, I hope you stick with it. It is, uh, it's definitely, I think, hard to go back to if you don't have the nostalgia. But that's one thing I do sort of appreciate about this collection. And I know, I, I think this is going to be a, I'm not going to say quite hot take to steal something from Adam's show. Uh, <laughs> hot take? Uh, but, uh, I, you know, it's, I, there, there is an argument to be made with remaster versus um preservation i suppose 
And I do appreciate that they went and maybe a little too much in the preservation. Like this is a pretty bare mm-hmm. moments. Like they could have done, especially for the physical collection. Like, come on, make this an event guys. Like just do something. But, um, as far as feeling like this is an emulation and yes, they've, they've bumped the graphics up a bit. Uh, even, even 64 does not look horrible on a 4k TV, even though it's only putting out 720, which I was kind of worried about. Uh, but, um, you know, I, I do appreciate that these games look, feel, play the same way I remember them. If you don't have the nostalgia, maybe that's a good thing or a bad thing, depending on how you feel about um, retro gaming and, and preservation and that sort of thing. But um, if we got this collection and it was all of three of these games kind of remade to look like Odyssey or in the Odyssey engine, I would have absolutely loved that. But part of me would still say, oh, this is really great. I really love that they've updated this, but I kind of want to play the original as well. Just like with Full Throttle, how I can play the original Uh with brand new high definition artwork that looks absolutely stunning on the big iPad screen. And it's like, you know, like I said, it's, it's how it always looked in my mind, but I can instantly pinch that and go back to the really, really pixelated kind of very simple graphics that it used to look like. Um, there's a part of me that loves both of those approaches and would I love to see maybe this version of the game more in a virtual console. And so many people, I, I think, you know, there's, there's been several shows that have said this isn't all stars, all stars. The original mm-hmm. one was remake. Adam, was that you guys that was talking about yep. that? Yes. Okay, <laughs> cool. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I, I know there was a show and I'm pretty sure it's Adam as I'm saying this. I, yeah. I, uh, um, so, yeah. so I'll, I'll use that to, to pass it off to you and say, do you, is there a part of you that feels like the same way in like preservation or did you want them to go full all out? Cause I, I know you've already talked about it on your show a bit and I think people should go and give that a listen for the full thing. But how are you feeling now that, that it's out and, and you're seeing some impressions and, and gameplay maybe? You know, I, I read a couple of the reviews and, you know, when this game was announced, I was like, oh, this is awesome. This is, I mean, everybody's been theorizing that this has been coming out for the longest time and they finally announced it. Yes. Awesome. And the more I looked at it, the more I was kind of like, this is not all stars. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you know, I'm old enough to have played the original Super Mario Brothers 1, 2, and 3 and on Super Mm -hmm. Nintendo when they released that magical package called Super Mario All-Stars, it was a complete rebuild of all those games. So the entire time people are theorizing that there's a 3D All-Stars, naturally my brain is locked in on the fact that these are going to be remakes. These are going to be rebuilt games. I think you're exactly right. I think there is a market and a place for these games exactly as they are. And I think exactly as they are, these are fantastic games. I love Mario 64. I love Mario Sunshine. I kind of like Galaxy. But (laughs) when when you market it, as only the second iteration on something that has already established itself as a series of remaking and rebuilding the most iconic Mario adventures and all you're doing is porting them. I think that's kind of bullshit. And, you know, I get it. You, we, 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 I'm going to buy this game. I am. And I'm going to enjoy it. But I also don't want to give Nintendo a pass. If you wanted to just port it, you should have just put it on the eShop. Uh, I think the fact that they're putting it, they're putting that label on it is just to me, to me, all stars means something more than what this game is. And 
that doesn't hold anything against these games because as I said, they're fantastic games, but I just kind of think you're, you're watering down what that title means uh, to old fogies like me who remember what, you know, all stars used to represent. So, you know, I'm, I'm conflicted. Like I said, I, th- I think this is a great package of extraordinary games, but I also feel like they did the absolute bare minimum of what they could do with this package. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we've seen examples of these Mario games looking beautiful on the Dolphin emulator. We've seen the um, Unreal Engine where they make Mario look delightful. And this is well, not – even- these are just – yeah. Even Nintendo rebuilt the Mushroom Kingdom from 64 in Odyssey. Like, yeah. you already yep. did part of the work. <laughs> I, think, I think that was a it's big just, tipping point of people being uh, like, oh, th- this is just a testing ground. They're totally remastering yeah. this. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. coming. So, like, it just kind of makes it all the more dumbfounding where you're like, what the hell are you doing? And we've seen great. we've seen great collections so even i we talked about spyro that collection that's a remaster they totally you know took a game that looked really like mario 64 and made it look modern beautiful and they tweaked some of the gameplay not 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 too much to metal Mm -hmm. or even like the halo master chief collection where like mark you said they have that mode and how much Mm -hmm. care and, and 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 that's a huge collection of games for about 60 bucks or whatever. And this is yeah. essentially prettier ports that are just cleaned up, and that's about the bare minimum. There's nothing in the box. It's like a, a nice collection box. Remember that Mario collection that came out on a Wii on the tw- was it the 30th or the 25th maybe? Uh, yeah, that, that would have had, like, to had, had a, the 20 the 25th. That at least had a CD, I think, and had some other things. But the lack of a that was the, uh, that was the All Stars re-release. Yes. Yeah, yeah there's yes. a book with that too, and yeah. a special packaging mm-hmm. or something. I mean, it wasn't gorgeous. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and the, it just seems yeah. like the lack of care that they even put in and like the preservation and all of the different things. Somebody was talking about the SNK collection. It's 40 years old and all of the things they did to put into that build that. And with this, you essentially get a little bit of information. But beyond that, it's like, here's some ports and that's it. <laughs> so I, I, I kind of feel like they did the least amount of effort to get 60 bucks. And this is, thing is going to be huge. This is not going to be a small collection. I think you're forgetting the soundtracks, Todd. If you oh. want to take these soundtracks anywhere with you, all you have to do instead of downloading these on Spotify or Apple Music is stick your Switch in your pocket, get the wired <laughs> headphones. My Jinko jeans? <laughs> get the wired <laughs> headphones that no one uses anymore and enjoy these magical soundtracks on the go anywhere that you can. Is it like the iPad? What was that one little i? Uh, what was the uh, iPod? That had no shuffle. It just was a shuffle. The shuffle, <laughs> yeah. The, the iPod yeah. shuffle with no buttons or anything else. It was yeah, just here, enjoy screen, whatever just, music you put on this. You it's potpourri. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we love um, it. Yeah. Anyway, this is, yeah. It's, but it, my son is excited because he's never played Sunshine. So this is the cheapest way to play Sunshine. So at least we have that. The other games have been available on other platforms. I mean, uh, Galaxy was 20 bucks on Wii U. I think uh, Mario uh, 64 was $8 on the Wii U um, Virtual Console. So it's not yeah. a great deal, but I kind of feel like at this point, Nintendo's like, we're giving you something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. <laughs> Right. When you start, yeah, you start thinking about it like that. It's like, (laughs) yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well, that's what we've been playing, folks. But now it's time to get in some news. And um, I think we're going to condense everything a little bit because a lot of this stuff has already been discussed and talked about. But we just want to keep up 
people up to speed. So um, the first story is really about Xbox finally being revealed. Um, and Mark and I was telling you about this. Um, the Xbox Series S was basically leaked. The pricing and everything came out in advance, but Xbox was very agile in marketing and, and talking about it, and basically owning it and saying, yep, this is it. They had a quick video that they put out and people were excited. A $300 mm-hmm. uh, next gen box that is essentially everything you get in the X to a point, but just at a lower resolution. It's got some other compromises, but still it's, it's got all of those new features, SSD ray tracing, things like that. Um, and better backwards compatibility, um, that I think people are excited about. And it's 300 bucks. It's all digital. And perfect game pass companion. The funny part is, Mark, I talked about this. Did anybody watch the actual leaked presentation? I didn't watch it. No. Um, I think they're lucky they leaked to this because <laughs> remember that one like weird PlayStation event where it was Greg Miller talking to people on a couch? Yep. This is exactly what it was. It was Xbox execs talking to each other on couches, Phil Spencer and this this exec and this exec. And it was just going into the details more than you'd like. It was essentially 25 minutes infomercial for the Xbox Series S. It was not good. And people would have tore it apart because, yes, it was a lot of information. But, Mm. you know, people complain about the PlayStation of it having too many trailers. There was literally like very little information. There was very little anything shown except trying to sell you the Series S. I appreciate that. But if you get a chance, check it out. I I, I feel bad that it got leaked. But um, the fact that these things have not leaked earlier than they did, and this is Mm. like two months from release, it's amazing. So I, I don't know. Are you guys excited about the Series S and X? Adam, go ahead. I uh, um, yes and no. I'm not going to be getting one for a while, um, but I think it's a fantastic value. I think everything Xbox is doing right now is just like top shelf. Like they are absolutely killing everything except I don't really want to play any of their games. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like like I feel like it's. I was talking to John about this the other day, right after the PlayStation reveal. I, I said, I think Xbox has the better product between mm-hmm. the Xbox Series and the PlayStation 5. I think they've got the better product. Um, for me, I just don't have any investment in any of their franchises, and that's what it comes down to. Um, these are expensive machines. If you go to the high end... Um, they're gigantic. <laughs> These things yeah. are like as big as a refrigerator. Um, but yeah, Xbox is, man, they are just changing the narrative on everything that is gaming. And they're doing such a clever job of making everything so pro player and so pro consumer that if mm-hmm. anybody does anything by the books or the way it's been done for years and years, it comes across as anti-consumer and it's brilliant. Uh, mm-hmm. They're just making everybody else look bad. That's all there is to it. Yeah, I I am so impressed with everything that Xbox is doing. Like Adam said, just from from a consumer facing standpoint, uh, I think they're they're knocking it out of the park. And 
how they handled this league. I think, like you said, Todd, the, the actual presentation is boring. So this may have been a blessing in disguise where they were able to bring some humor, some humility, some uh, compassion of being able to say like, hey, look, we worked on this for a long time. We were super excited to drop this stuff next week. But you know what? It's three in the morning. And it was leaked. So <laughs> shrug face on uh, on Twitter. And here's the stuff. It's real. Um, so that, you know, everything that Xbox is doing, I'm, I'm super impressed with. And my plan is, yeah, to, to get a, a Series X this fall over over anything else. Um, I think if you're a PlayStation fan and you're planning on getting a PlayStation five as your, your primary console, I think Xbox series S is going to be a perfectly priced little machine to say, well, you know what? I can do this on all access and get game pass. And that's a great way to play those games. And I think that is such a brilliant strategy where Xbox knows that they're in kind of that secondary or tertiary position behind uh, PlayStation and, and switch. And they're saying, well, you know what? We need something that's priced that let's say a year from now, black Friday sales year two, this thing drops down to 250, you know, 200 bucks, even something, you know, like man, or, or even again, the, the all access where you're paying just a little, uh, you know, the monthly installments with game pass yeah. ultimate, um, they're making it. So it seems crazy not to eventually pick one of these up. I'm not saying maybe this fall, mm-hmm. but, uh, over this generation for, for people to like, there, there's, there's no excuse. It's, it's just, they're doing so much, right. It's, it's, it's wild. The all access I think is the biggest, I mean, they have a lot of, of bullet points that make everything so appealing. I think that all access, they need to put that in every single ad and beat (laughs) you over the head with the fact that you can get in on the next generation and get hundreds of games Mm -hmm. for 25 bucks. Like, yeah, it's, it's come on. That's ridiculous. And I'm excited. Uh, All access is, is coming to Canada. Uh, it's only in EB games and the closest EB games to me is a, uh, about a five hour drive away. <laughs> oh, no. You can't do it online. Sucks. I don't know. They okay. haven't released okay. the information yet. Uh, I know like Tuesday when the pre-orders start to go up, all access is not included in those pre-orders. So I think my plan right now oh, is Tuesday. I'm going to try to secure one at Best Buy, Walmart, wherever I can get one, basically. And um, and if they release more information on how it's going to work, will I be able to not physically have to walk into an EB Games to do this? Can I do the application online? I'm sure it's a credit check or all that kind of stuff. I'm sure I'm, I'm hoping we can do things online for people who aren't close to an EB Games. Um but you know what? If I get one, if I pay it outright, I'm going to be probably selling my Xbox One X. So that's going to make up a decent chunk of the cost, I think. And I won't mind getting this right out the door, um, you know, with paying the money up front. But I think uh, for people who have the access to one of the stores close by or doesn't mind waiting a little bit until, you know, I think the all access stuff's happening a little later this fall or around holiday season. Um, you know, I think that's, that's going to be just, just a hell of an offer. But uh, Tuesday, I'm, I'm, like I said, hopefully 
um, going to at least get a pre-order that I can cancel or not cancel or keep or whatever <laughs> and, and decide after the fact, right? I just I just want to have my name on one. So uh, we'll see how that goes. I'll, I'll hopefully be able to update uh, on the next show. Yeah, I um I just sold sold my Xbox One X for 320 bucks. I did very well on it actually, um uh, because I have a gaming PC at this point. Uh, until my PC says Todd, I can't run your games anymore. I have Game Pass. It's the perfect uh, vehicle for me. It just didn't make any sense because they can play the same games there as I can play it on the Xbox. So it's like, eh. and plus my son when he's on the TV, I a lot play of people are doing that. I can't. So <laughs> it was just a perfect mix. Now eventually when my 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 PC's not 4K. It doesn't do all these extra funny things. It doesn't have a very. It has a decent SSD, but my games aren't stored there because it's small. So eventually, I will probably join and get another Xbox console. But what I'm doing is I'm trying to place the bet to saying when are they going to go and say we're leading into incrementality. We're going to do the mm. next version. I think that's going to be more of a common occurrence than we would expect this gen. So I, I can hold off and wait to the next specs thing and, and, and kind of hopefully it's an, a refined system and has, you know, the library built up and everything. So that's where I'm leading. But, um, I think this is perfect for my friend. Uh, we were talking today. He now, he missed out on the Xbox generation with the Xbox one. So he's all in on getting an Xbox series X game pass. Cause he's going to play halo and gears. So this is perfect for everybody. So you're waiting for the Xbox new series. Series X XL two, is that that's the one here? <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, you know, you know what, what? I didn't didn't like uh, I, uh, Apple do like the this is the new iPad and then they shift and there's there's another iPad and this is the iPad ten point seven inch size and yeah. Oh yeah, their like, their naming conventions has been. That, yeah, they've they've just come out and said the next generation of Xbox is called Xbox. Yeah, yeah. it's like yeah, yeah. That's the smartest yeah. thing you can do. Just say that. <laughs> yeah. 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 When people get into the store and they have to pick a model, they can worry about it then. But just for the love of God, just call it Xbox. Call it Xbox. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like Nintendo. Everything. Everything's just a Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Get you're, you're starting to see that with at least third-party accessories that I've noticed. Uh, yeah. it's, it's made for Xbox. It's not... Because everything's you know forward yeah. and backward compatible with with all the accessories. So anything that I'm seeing come up third party, uh, that's that they're coming out with the designs and that kind of stuff and some really cool looking accessories. But it's all just made for Xbox. It's not PS5 or four Series X or Series S or whatever. It's it's just you know yeah. Xbox. So I, I yeah. think that is yeah pay off really for them eventually. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, and then we pivot to PlayStation 5. They have their event, and I'm going to go very quickly with what happened at that event. Uh, so the the event uh, launched with a Final Fantasy 16 shown on PC because that's only where it's available now because they're building the game. But that is coming to uh, PlayStation 5. Uh, it may come to PC later. I don't know. But at this point, it's uh, exclusive to uh, PlayStation at this point. Uh, then Spider-Man Miles Morales was shown, and then the confusion started. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, this game is going to cost $50, depending on where you play it. It will be on PS5, also on PS4, and there will also be a extended Miles Morales Spider-Man Special Edition with the original PlayStation version for $70. Um, where and how you can upgrade is a little bit confusing. I'm still a little bit, a little bit um, confused on that. But um, and what can upgrade and 
can you do what we don't know yet more to come on that uh hogwarts legacy this is uh basically the harry potter uh game but it's set in the 1800s it's open world rpg this will be coming out 2021 i believe it's only for next gen systems i don't think it's going to be coming to ps4 oh, I, I think it is coming to oh is uh, it as well gen. i think it is okay yeah. okay uh, I'm wrong then. Uh, there you go. Um, then Demon Souls remake. Uh, there was some confusion on this, but it's been finally cleared <laughs> up. This is only going to be on PS5. This is a Sony property. This is not going to other consoles, folks. Sorry. Um, and this is not going to PC. It might go to PC, but like in five years. So did, did you see the? Oh man, what account was it? That was like, uh, it's like the joke PlayStation president or whatever account. Um, well, I forget what it is, uh, but it's like, uh, yes, yeah, it was like, yeah, when we said Demon Souls is coming to PC, we met PlayStation consoles. (laughs) I love that. Love it. Oh, God. That's so terrible. Yeah. Uh, And then, uh, I mean, there's some other things that were shown this, but a lot of the stuff was kind of irrelevant. But then at the end, God of War sequel, that was the one last thing. It's uh, it says I think it was like Ragnarok is coming. Uh, rather than mm-hmm. called Ragnarok. So there's been discussion about this, but some people have said this, maybe this is something else, but this essentially is God of War 2. It's been three years since the last game, so that makes a lot of sense that they've had time to do that. And I'm hoping this will truly be an exclusive, because at this point, we don't really know. Um, <laughs> yep. Yeah, the price for... In, uh, uh, oh, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, for for any anybody that's made fun of Nintendo for or any anyone for showing uh showing logos i know like other companies have gotten yeah. slack for that and then you know sony pulls that one out and it's like people are losing their minds and it's like it's just a freaking logo why <laughs> like when That's nintendo does it Mark. it's like oh nintendo's showing a metroid logo it's like but this one they're like oh my god like Shut up. It's the same thing. That's all I needed, Mark. That's all I needed. Shut up. <laughs> You're making fun of me now. Uh, um, but uh, then price and release dates. So we're getting the two systems. Uh, $4.99 for the disc-based version and 400 for the digital. Uh, essentially the same hardware. The only difference is um, it's one's cheaper and you need discs for the other. Or you can use discs on the other. They also announced uh, the PlayStation Plus collection. This, this is essentially for PS5 owners coming in. You're getting about 12 games that were on PS4 on that system. So it's kind of speaking to, in a way, backwards compatibility, but also free games. It's not essentially becoming uh, Game Pass, but it's adding value at 60 bucks. It's not increasing your cost, but you're getting more stuff. So uh, this is something new. It's adding more value to uh, to PS Plus as it exists today uh, for, the, for that. And then, you know, uh, they also showed more of the same games we saw before as well. I think the only thing that was new that was shown um, beyond what we saw was five nights at freddy's for some reason mm-hmm. which i know yeah. i'm a fan of <laughs> hey you saw fortnite <laughs> oh right fortnite. right ray yeah. tracing fortnite game. Yeah. yeah uh so that that was the big event and then after that we got a lot of confusion uh pre-orders were supposed to happen eventually <sighs> nothing was confirmed confirmed um those of you who got the uh, got an email that you signed up for sony to uh get a pre-order in that didn't come out right away um and jim ryan's on fire for basically being full of hot trash and dishing things out sony is kind of a hot mess right now they've got all this good but then they packaged with the crap sandwich of you know un un you know the generations discussion point is 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 not clear anymore or how long that'll happen. Um, and a lot of people are like torn up. It's the worst thing in the world. Other people are like happy. Good. I can play that game now. I don't have to buy a PlayStation 5. I can wait. 
and that's good. So it's a mixed bag, like I said. It's not the worst thing in the world. Uh, and, and just along those lines, NVIDIA also launched their graphics cards, and that was a hot mess too. Mm-hmm. So let's put it this way. Pre-orders suck for everybody. It's not going to go well. <laughs> Xbox is saying – now, this is kind of funny. Xbox has told us when they're going to have pre-orders. Do you think it's going to be great that everybody at the same time is going at websites? No, I, don't I think can't wait for Best Buy to crash. Exactly. I don't think yeah, it's going to go Fantastic. I think it's going to be a hot mess for everybody. So the, the problem with PlayStation is they, they, they need to work on their PR. They need to work on the face of their company because – they do a lot of things right, even if they are kind of archaic ways. Um, but every time they open their mouth, it just sounds so disconnected with what the reality of the of players is today. Like Xbox is doing so many things right that it just makes Sony look sloppy and bad no matter what they do. Uh, in regards to the pre-orders, people have short-term memories because pre-orders <laughs> are always a struggle. Headache. I've never ordered. Mm. I've never pre-ordered a console and not had this problem. It isn't the fact that the pre-orders went this way. It's the fact that it was wrapped up in all this other bad messaging, the stuff like Miles Morales and Horizon Zero Dawn. The last time we heard from Sony, they said we believe in making games that are only possible on the PlayStation Five, and now it's like, oh, by the way, these are all available on PlayStation Four. So it was just a tidal wave of crap. Um, and people are very frustrated when the the obvious comparison is here's Xbox and their messaging is on point every single time. Like they just nail it. So um, it's it's frustrating. It's frustrating. I just want them to figure out how to talk to the players. They know how to make the product. <laughs> they know how to make the best games out there, but they don't know how to talk to people. Yeah, uh, yeah I reiterate everything there um top are you gonna s- jump in with something there i was gonna say it might be time to bring back kevin butler because yeah they've they've struggled with having anybody mm-hmm. that's been charismatic to lead their team we, we talk about reggie being gone it, nintendo doesn't really have a charismatic figure right now doug bowser's not stepping up and being cool and, and hip or anything and they've got these generic guys who show up and talk about a game but they've kind of got their audience where they need them to be and they, they exhibit it. But, and, and, and Phil's been fantastic. So yeah, Sony needs something. Cause as of right now, the product is better than they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nintendo has a few, like, you know, even the Treehouse crew and like Kit and Krista and stuff on their YouTube, like just like, like at least some cute personalities and stuff. Like, I mean, I think, you know, the, the loss of Reggie was a big bombastic thing. And I think, yeah, like Doug Bowser's kind of riding on his name for the humor a bit, but he doesn't have that same, uh, you know, kick-ass chew gum kind of uh, big personality that Reggie did. But yeah, I, I completely agree with everything that Adam said with Sony. Like, I think everything they've done so far has been an absolute mess. And I, I'm kind of surprised that, more people aren't as up in arms. Like Sean Capri was like really going off on Twitter uh, earlier this week and just being like, look, if any other company did this, people would be like, I'm never getting an Xbox again. I'm never buying it. But people are like, man, like Sony's completely messed up everything with Spider-Man and uh, the messaging around there, the backwards compatibility, the pre-orders, the games going to PlayStation 4, all that kind of stuff. They've been backtracking and it just sounds like 
it's, it's like sleazy sales tactics too, in some ways of like, Hey, you know, like, remember that thing we said, well, we didn't actually say it, but look at this. It's a shiny new thing. And there, you know, um, even the fact that like Todd, you didn't know the Harry Potter game was going to other generations and consoles and they haven't made that clear. It's just like, well, that's going to everything. And it's, you know, uh, Sony's doing a lot to make it seem like that's the only place to play it. So it's, yeah, I, I don't know. I I think it, I think in the end it's like, yeah, I think in the end there's a couple of things in play where first people like us are incredibly invested in every bit of news and rumor and information. And a lot of people don't care, you know, they Mm -hmm. just don't care about that stuff. Um, Kind of case in point, I was having an argument with somebody on, on Twitter uh, about the, the 3d collection and my, my feelings about the remaster and, uh, all-stars and we were going back and forth and back and forth and they're like wait there was another all-stars mm-hmm. and i was, I just like i stopped and i'm like sometimes i really have to check my perspective because a lot of people don't give a crap what jack ryan says they just want to play spider-man you know what i mean um yeah. i don't know what that says about our level of investment as, as <laughs> people who cover this versus just the person who wants to play a game to have fun um, and then the other thing is because PlayStation's messaging is so messed up. Um, I mean, just look at state of what is it like th- they have this platform um, that they use half of the time that they create their their messaging. Like they'll come out with a state of play that has nothing in it. And then two days later, they'll create a blog post with the biggest news that they have for mm-hmm. the entire fiscal period. And they just they're just so bad at it. And it, it's like you said, it's just a complete mess. It's just gobbledygook. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think you're, you're onto something there. Like we, we're so in the weeds on this that yeah, most people like how many, how many PlayStation fours approximately are out in the wild? Like how, how many PlayStation fours have they sold? 115 know, like, million. I think 115 million. Yeah. So like quick look right now on Facebook, I'm looking at, I'm going to say arguably a fairly popular PlayStation po- podcast would be podcast beyond, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, so you figure that would be one of the bigger PlayStation fan groups online, maybe possibly I could be wrong on this one, but that has 11,000 members. Exactly. So of the 115 million people who own a PlayStation 4, 11,000 of them, which is a ridiculously low percentage, if you want to do the math on that, or if you Mm -hmm. didn't, it's just, it's ridiculously low. Um, Those are the dedicated people. And in that group of 11,000 people, you've got probably some people who are just there to lurk. You've got bots, you've got this. So like, you know, like that... That's the These dedicated kind Ryan of people is. that, yeah, <laughs> right. Like, like those are the dedicated people who actually care about this. And 11,000 people sounds like a very big number of dedicated fans. And that's kind of our echoing chamber. But there are, you know, if you take away those 11,000 people, 
there are still 150 million people that really don't care about this shit. Right. <laughs> so, right. Yep, yeah, exactly. I, I think I think you have a, a point there for sure. Yeah. And if you think about it, um, most of those people came to the console so much later in the life than the launch. The launch mm-hmm. is always messy. It's always, I mean, we, we know Xbox screwed up last gen. They ha- It took them three to four years to finally gain back some credibility and momentum. PlayStation had the same thing with PS3. Everybody kind of mm-hmm. stumbles a little bit. Now, mm-hmm. I, I think in this instance, I, I did see Sony kind of did do a response saying, sorry about the pre-order snafu. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and ultimately, there's going to be a lot of happy people that they can play Miles Morales, Morales on their PS4, can play the Sackboy game. Yeah. So in the in the big thing, this is probably a win for consumers, as you talked about, Adam. And, and, and the, the method will be eventually in about a year, all of this will go away because they'll stop making mm-hmm. games for X, uh, PS4 because they always do. Um uh, and just same like Xbox. Xbox will probably not get to two years with Xbox One support after series. It's just probably not going to happen just because they're going to find it just doesn't it doesn't bear out anymore. It's just like, yeah, we told you that, but we're going to move forward because like Halo might be one of those first games. It's maybe we don't do that or maybe a later game. We know some of their games are going to be only on Series X, just like this game. I, I'm guessing I'm hoping. God of War will be in only PS5 games because the the biggest thing I'm hopeful for is doing this cross-gen thing won't impact how good the game could be or not impact the game on the older system. So that's ultimately what I want it to be. Uh, But the big thing is um, I got four pre-orders, so I'm happy. (laughs) Four? The reason I got four. Two last time we talked, dude. That was like, what the hell? So long story short. I ordered two from Target because I'm like, okay, I want to make sure at least I got one. I'm not sure which one I want. Well, a friend of mine didn't get one, so I'm like, okay, I'll hook you up. You get the digital. I'll get the disc-based. Then my other friend didn't get one either, so I I got the invite from PlayStation for the pre-order. I ordered it there. It took about an hour. I was waiting, but it it was seamless. worked good. I'm like, I'm going to try again to see if I can still order again. And I could. I could go back in. I that ordered a second wild. one. And so because I'm finding from Target. What, are you going to build a damn fort with the box? <laughs> 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 so I'm not going to be I'm not going to be Internet troll if, you know, I'll, I will probably end up canceling one of them or see if somebody else wants it, because ultimately I just want the game on launch. I'm hearing though Target's giving me this window of like the 13th and 18th. I'm like, whatever. I don't care. Sony at least will deliver the same day. So that's where I'm at. I totally get it. I'm a fanboy. I love Sony, um, and it's my favorite console to play on, and I love those franchises. So I'm trying to be subjective. I'm, I'm trying to be objective, uh, I guess is the right term. I'm trying to make sure that I'm not getting lost in my fandom, but I'm super happy. It was great. I think this is a win, just like the Xbox stuff. I think we both have exciting things to be excited for, and I think we should be happy for everybody mm-hmm. rather than try to beat each other up because we don't like one con- one company or for the other. Can we agree, guy? Can we kumbaya? For sure. I, I'll tell you one, one example of uh, how far up my ass I can be with the Xbox stuff. Uh, and I, I had to laugh at this because it was just so matter-of-fact. So the, you know earlier today... Uh, I was talking to my wife about the pre-orders on Tuesday and all this kind of, you know, kind of my plan and, and what I want to do. And I was like, you know, but, you know, end up selling my my Xbox one. And I was like, I wonder you know, what they're what they're going for right now. So she starts looking at like Facebook Marketplace and like the local kind of like sell your stuff sites or whatever. And uh, she's like, you know, they're, they're going for like a decent amount. I thought it was going to be around the 300 range and they're going for like 
350, 400, even 450, some are listed at and, and like selling. And, uh, so I was like, man, it'd be great if I could sell it now, but I wouldn't like, you know, I'd miss out on playing the end game stuff in Avengers, but that's going to be better on the series X. So, you know, maybe I'd wait for that anyway. So I was like, I'd really miss playing Fortnite, but I guess I have my switch for that too, but I really don't like playing on the switch, like the lower graphic settings on a switch. And she was like, I was just like, so maybe I'll, like, I'll hold on to the one X and whatever for a little bit longer. And she was like, well, you can still play it on your PlayStation. And like, it didn't even register <laughs> that there's a perfectly good PlayStation four sitting there that I could easily like cross play, play uh, Fortnite with and like play all the PlayStation games and fall guys and all that kind of stuff. But like in my mind, Xbox is like, you know, like my main console that like is yeah. that's my like my Fortnite box and like the, again the Avengers and Tony Hawk and all this kind of stuff that I'm playing lately, and like she just like looked at me like you're an idiot. Remember, like it was just like <laughs> like so matter of fact to her that it was just like there's another box right there, you dumbass. Like just play the games there for a bit and <laughs> like sell this for as much money as you can. And I just like like had to stop when we were actually walking into Best Buy because I, I bought a like a Philips Hue system today. And, uh, she just looked at me. She was just like, like, you just realized you're a dumbass. Like, <laughs> just, yep. Yep. No, just had to just have to stop in the parking lot here for a second. And just like, yep, yep. You're right. Cool. Okay. So I might actually end up selling my Xbox one for a bit and just being without an Xbox for a couple of months, but hopefully that will net me a little bit more money than it would after the uh, series X comes out. But like, yeah, that's absolutely. just how, how like, you, you can get so focused on your, your console of choice, but like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, remember it doesn't really matter. <laughs> the same mm-hmm. thing with my PC. That's why I sold my Xbox. I'm like, I have a perfectly yeah. fine PC. I can do this. Why do I have that extra box? Why do I need it? So yeah, it's, it's a reality check on both our ends. Yeah, 100%. definitely. All right. So, uh, you know, let's, let's go past the, the PlayStation, the Xbox stuff and uh, focus a little bit on Nintendo because they couldn't let themselves be completely out of the spotlight this week although we don't have new hardware except for a very exciting game and watch system coming up that i know adam's very excited for uh, <laughs> talk about a pre-order miss <laughs> chuckle chuckle chuckles uh so, no they they did uh, have a couple of little announcements uh, mini directs i guess uh, the last couple of weeks so we we got some news on a zelda prequel which sounds super exciting until you realize that it's not really the prequel that i mean depending on how you feel about these games it's a warriors game so just like hyrule warriors uh this is the age of calamity so happens it's basically the war that leads into breath of the wild, which I think the warriors style is really well set up for that. And it looks like they're, they're toning things down a bit with the art style and making it look more like breath of the wild, making this kind of fit in more. But I think that wild, like so many hundreds of, of enemies and hundreds of good guys, basically just beating the crap out of each other on the battlefield and being able to run through it as link or one of the champions, or hopefully they have some crazy characters uh, still in this. But um, I think this game could be really fun. I think it's, you know, obviously the warriors games are a bit over the top. They're not nearly as in depth or good. <laughs> I'll just say like, you know, as, as a, <laughs> a, a mainline Zelda game, but like, 
they are fun. Like I enjoyed playing Hyrule Warriors with my wife, couch co-op. Um, what what do you guys think about this this game in particular, or or the the Warriors series uh, in general? Um, my son. Oh, oh yeah, go ahead. Oh god, Ted. I was gonna say my son. I thought he would be really interested in Hyrule Warriors, but he's he he kind of made a point to say, um, I wanted to like it, but I always felt like there was too much to do. Too much. Mm. It was just the amount of uh, it, the combat's pretty simplistic and everything, lots of things. But it was almost like time management, like where are you going to go? What can you do? Mm-hmm. And and I kind of felt the same way. I kind of gave up a little bit early on that. But I think the interesting part about this game is it's going to give us actually story in a Zelda game, which we very rarely get. Um, they imply story a lot in Zelda games, but they don't always give us a lot. And I think that's where Breath of the Wild did a lot of those memories, and that's about as much story as you got. And I think this is going to be fun. Playing with those characters you saw a little bit of, the champions, um, I think it's going to be very cool, especially with them aping the art style, and Mm -hmm. also really teaming up with Nintendo. I think that was, the Hyrule Warriors was kind of their trial with them, and how much they trusted that team, um, Mm -hmm. because it was kind of like fanfic. And this one, I think, was really going to be cool. I mean, I'm hoping it's fun, um, because I think this is going to be neat, and this is going to be the first trilogy we've ever gotten a Zelda game. So I'm very curious about this. Mm-hmm. Adam, what about you? Yeah, I think this is a great concept that's wrapped in a game that I couldn't give a crap about. Um, <laughs> I love the I love the idea of going back to that before the calamity experience because we kind of know what happened, and I think. Those characters, those champions are so cool and untapped. Um, I would love to see more of them. I just could not want to play a Warriors game any less than I do. You know, it's just not for me. Um, I love the fact that this looks just like Breath of the Wild. Like, Like you said, they're leaning into that art style. They're working in tandem with Nintendo. So they're doing it right. Um it's just not my bag as far as gameplay goes. Yeah. I'm, for me, I'm, I'm kind of hoping that uh, similarly, I mean, we've talked uh, the last couple of episodes about rogue likes versus rogue lights, Todd. And I hope this is almost a warrior's light where yes, they can have the big battles on the battlefield, but I, I do hope they lean a little bit more into the story rather than, yeah, be at this end of the map, be at that end of the map, be at this one. Oh no, there's something going on here. There's like, like the, in the, the past warriors games that, um, you know, that, that works for some of these games, but I hope this one can, yeah, maybe bring that down to a lighter kind of style and just use basically the engine that they, they use for these games to have so many enemies on the field and, and that kind of stuff, but also tell an engaging story. So I'm hoping that's what they do. And we don't have too long to find out that's actually coming out in November. I want to say, although I already closed out the article that I should have paid attention to, but that is uh, <laughs> November 20th. I just opened it back up. It's their big um, holiday game. That is Absolutely. Uh, seemingly their big holiday game. They also had uh, another little partner direct. Uh, so we'll go through this pretty quickly, um, I suppose. Well, first, actually, is, is there anything that stood out for this mini partner direct to you guys? Is there anything that, that kind of uh, got you a little excited? I really you, think did you guys watch this. 
Yeah, I think really people I, I did. Um, and I think this one was much better than the last one where I felt it was a mini game collection with music mm-hmm. and, and those type of things. This one, it was really getting into what drove a lot of the DS and, and, and sales on Nintendo, which was Monster Hunter. It's a huge yeah. brand in Japan. And I think coming to those consoles with unique uh, games is huge. My regret is. I've never cared for Monster Hunter Combat and things like that, so I want to like this, but mm-hmm. it's just probably not for me. Yeah. Adam, what about you? Did you get uh, a chance to watch this uh, mini direct, partner direct? I did not watch this. Okay. Well, let's, <laughs> I'm, I'll, I'm, gonna, I'll go. I'm not going to lie. Like, I forgot that it was happening, and I didn't <laughs> see Squad about it on Twitter. I didn't yeah. see anybody talking about it. I think this is one that that for the people who love these games, this was a massive deal. But for people like myself, like Todd and and seeing like you, this is maybe one to kind of skip. Uh, So I'll go over very quickly. Yeah, we did get a lot of Monster Hunter love, Uh, Monster Hunter Rise, Monster Hunter Stories, two wings of ruin. Uh, We got. Fitness Boxing 2, Rhythm and Exercise. Uh, if you guys played Rhythm Boxing 1, the story mode was just riveting. <laughs> um, <laughs> Love it. <I> don't, <laughs> for anyone who did play this, apparently your progress carries over. I couldn't tell you what. I mean, it looks like a dancing, boxing kind of booty boot camp kind of game. I don't know. It's like if you're into I'm that really kind of game. I'm really mad I missed this. Cool. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, Disgaea 6. Defiance of Destiny, uh, Empire of Sin. Love the concept of that game, but nothing about the gameplay appeals to me. But I, I just love the aesthetic of that one, like Prohibition era Chicago in 1920s. Uh, just looks looks very kind of ex-commie, uh, swanky, yeah. and and yeah. But the the gameplay, like the look of the game, um, not appealing. Just the aesthetic, I think, uh, is uh, Sniper Elite Four. <laughs> the next one. Um, I've tried the Sniper Elite games. I just can't get into the the gameplay mechanic of the stealth shooting stuff. I, I just I don't know. It it's it's close, but I've just ne- they've never clicked for me. So uh, that one's um, looking the same. Uh, Balan Wonderworld. This one I think we've seen this before, haven't we? Yeah, it was in the Xbox event amusement park thing. Yeah, it's by the creator of Sonic. The creator of Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, so that yeah, you, you said that was the in the Xbox event, Todd. It was, and it's it's it kind of looks like a 3D platformer, and mm-hmm. it's by the Sonic creator, so it looks actually pretty interesting to me, because you're yeah. wearing like costumes and gives you different abilities, and there's apparently 80 of them. Yeah, I really hope this brings back some some fun platforming stuff, because uh, I mean, aside from Mario, we we haven't got a ton of that, like Super Lucky's Tale ukulele uh, we've seen ukulele uh, we've time. seen oh right yeah i forgot about hat in time uh we we've seen like the the remasters spyro crash that kind of stuff but any anything for this especially now that you know i i have a kid uh even though he's you know four months old and, and definitely not ready to play games yet but like i keep looking at these games as like you know like Oh, this this could be like the mascot that he really clings on to, or this this could be a series that like you know a few years down the road like he gets into. So maybe like, I, I'm just kind of looking at these kind of games, uh, maybe with a little like you know hopefulness of the future of like this game being uh, this really kind of cool, cute mascot kind of thing. Um, Unless it's the next Billy Hatcher. Like yeah, <laughs> we'll I see. I gotta tell you. 
Mark, uh, you might be overthinking this because my six-year-old is a pro at decapitating people in Ghost of Tsushima. <laughs> Woohoo! You might be take a different angle. You never know what your kids are going to be into. Uh, Who kn- you know what? Oh, go ahead, Todd. I was going to say that's not really the cultural immersion I think you're looking for, Adam. <laughs> My, uh, you know, we were, we were worried, um, while my wife was pregnant because every single time we would either watch star Wars or I would just play the Imperial March, the little bastard would start kicking and, uh, he still smiled. (laughs) He, he (laughs) has, he has very strong reactions to, uh, to Darth Vader and, uh, and, and different things. And I, I read him some star Wars books. Luckily he also got excited when I turned, a page to uh, about some Jedi stuff. And he was very, uh, very excited over um, some pictures of some Jedi rather than just the Sith. But yeah, the, the, the whole um, Imperial sleep with one action. Yeah. It's, it's kind of worrying me. So uh, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. He might be decapitating people right alongside your kid. Um, We also got rune factory five. And I think the final one, the big one, that released same day and date as this uh, and has an amazing looking collection, Ori and the will of the wisps um, on switch locked at 60 frames per second. How uh, the, <laughs> that game know. was magic that game was horrible on the one S I love the game, but it performed horribly. So hopefully they've optimized it. Maybe it's at magic 20 P. Yeah, uh, I, I have no idea. I haven't played it on switch, but apparently, yeah, it is. They worked really, really hard from what the development team said uh, to lock it at 60 frames and give switch owners the best experience that they could get the smoothest experience. Um, a, a friend of mine, uh, Django snow, fantastic artist. Uh, we had him as a guest on the warp whistle uh, a couple of years ago. He did, some artwork for the special edition. If you are a fan of this series, look at that special edition. It is absolutely stunning when it, when it came up on the direct, like I said, this direct really for the most part did nothing for me because it's just not my style of game. I'm happy that it's there for people who are into like RPGs and that kind of stuff. But like when that came up on the screen, my jaw dropped because it is like, really stunning packaging and then to see (laughs) what nintendo did themselves to celebrate the 35th year of their main mascot not even throwing a book in the damn package it's like learn no switch from this team like come on like where's the uh where's the special switch yeah right like even like special joy con or a pro controller something throw us something and then this team comes out with uh with this amazing package so uh so go look at that if you're at all interest uh interested in in ori and the will of the wisps and i i think it actually comes with both i think it comes with uh ori and the, the blind forest as well i could be wrong on that one but it looked like there were two games in that package um yeah really really cool looking uh collection Remember in June when we thought Nintendo wouldn't have any games? They've done a good job of really ramping up the back end of their schedule. But I remember when, Adam, you you mentioned talking about state of play. I don't think Nintendo really understands what the Direct is for anymore because they just use it so weirdly now that it's like some things Mm -hmm. are Twitter launches, Mm -hmm. some things are actually uh, Directs, Direct partnerships and all these things. And I'm not sure what the Hyrule Warriors 2 was, if it was a Direct itself. 
but yeah, it's it's weird messaging, but they do have a 2020 dude. Yeah, it kind of is. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think it was uh, I think it was NVC that someone said it might have been Pierre at IGN, and, and he's a pretty smart dude that's been in the industry for a long time, and his theory for why Nintendo's been so weird with directs is so many game developers and partners and whatever, and even Nintendo's own teams are trying to figure out when they can launch. And some of them are being delayed. Some of them are a little bit more flexible and can work from home. So you get these games and maybe they're trying to build a Nintendo direct around certain games. And you have one game that's saying like, we have no idea when our release date's going to be. And you have another game (laughs) being like our game launches Thursday. So you have three days to put this out. Uh, and, and you, you get that kind of thing. And I think it just hits a point or, or he was theorizing that they, they just hit a point where they're like, yo, we have to drop this right now because one of the games we're talking about launches this afternoon. So, you know, like they, they hit that kind of, uh, I'm guessing they, they might just hit that point where it's like, okay, well, you know, maybe, you know, we haven't heard back from this team or we don't know this. So we're just going to have to have this weird little direct. And then that's why two days later they get the news and it's like, ah, shit. Well, we could have added this in the direct, but here's a tweet. <laughs> and so it, like, yeah. that that to me makes the most sense. It still sucks and it's 2020. But at least that to me, for, for some sure. stupid reason, kind of makes me say, yeah, OK, I get that. Yeah. yeah. And they've got and they've got at least, you know, uh, at I would say lots of third part, uh, first party releases going to the fall. Nothing like that is gangbusters like last year with Pokemon, things like that. But yeah. at least there are games people can buy. So that's a win, I guess. One, one thing before we move on, I do want to ask, we've talked about Hyrule Wars. We talked about the champions. We're talking about uh, what's happening in the fall. We still have some Smash Brothers characters. If you had to pick one champion to be in Smash Brothers, who would it be? Adam. Daruk. Todd. Definitely. Uh, I, I want more of that sexy lady, whatever her name is. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say so. Well. <laughs> All right. Went, so, well, Todd. people went crazy over what Twintel and in and, in uh, in arms. I'm all about the sexy yes. ladies. Right. Yes. Of course. Did, yeah. did they? Um, is that a thing? <laughs> and t- of course, Todd's talking about old woman Impa. So, oh, that's uh, true. There we yes, yes <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, the yeah. only woman in Todd's life that can give Madam Webb a run for her money. That's um, right. That is. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm kind of going. We'll still stick with a lady, but uh, depending <laughs> on how um, <laughs> your Anna, uh, you know what? I'm just gonna say Mifa and leave it at that because we're gonna go down a really bad path if I keep going there. So, uh, anyway, <laughs> that's my pick. Let's let's move on. I'm sure she has a name. I'm not objectifying her or anything. Uh, you're thinking of Urbosa, I'm guessing. Okay, there we go. It was, or that Rivali. I like Rivali, too. He's cool. Who uh, cares? Exactly. <laughs> Bring on the sexy lady. Oh, well. Uh, we are done with the news, but we want to hit on... We've been covering the console wars in each iteration. You know I think what you want. I think we're on console war number four <laughs> at this point. I think mm-hmm. um, yes. and this one was a little bit different because this was at the cusp of the 2000s. Um, this one incorporated a Dreamcast, which launched in nine, which was very fun. Uh, GameCube, PS2 and Xbox. 
this is the first generation where I actually owned all of these systems. It's kind of crazy. Whoa. Yes, it was very crazy. I was in the Air Force in 1999, and my friend pre-ordered the Dreamcast, and he showed me Soul Calibur, and it blew my mind. So, um, gentlemen, which of these systems did you own? GameCube. Only? Uh, my brother had a PlayStation 2, so we were in the same household at that time. Uh, the GameCube was mine. The PS2 was his. So obviously, you know, I spent a lot more time on GameCube. He spent a lot more time on PlayStation. But, uh, you know, I did play a lot of PlayStation games as well. So, you know, we, we had both in the house, but uh, definitely GameCube at this point was still my main system. Adam, what about, this uh, what was about you? Right around, uh, yeah, this was right around the time that I moved out of my mom's house. Um, we had all of these consoles. Um, my brother owned the Xbox and the Dreamcast, and I owned the PS2 and the GameCube. So I had, I had my hand in all of them. But yeah, this was like right around the time that I moved out and got my first place. And I even think I got that GameCube after I moved out. But I have fond memories of all these all these consoles for sure. Yeah, and and the order that these came out, it was interesting because the Dreamcast was kind of it was kind of like doing the Nintendo thing where it came out middle of the it was like the middle child because mm-hmm. it was right between the PlayStation One and the PlayStation Two. It was trying to get there because it came off so many America as we talked about. Sega struggled with a Saturn and all those consoles, so it really came out. So this one came out nine nine ninety nine, and it was interesting. The actual games that were on this that launched with it actually had a pretty good launch. Um, had Arrowings, Air Force Delta, Blue Stinger, Expendable, Flag to Flag, House of the Dead 2, Hydro Thunder, Monaco Grand Prix, Mortal Kombat Gold, NFL 2K, NFL Blitz, 2000, Pen Pen Trisalon, Power Stone, Ready to Rumble Boxing, Sonic Adventure, Soul Calibur, TNN Motorspot, Motorsports, Hardcore Heat, we all remember that one, Tokyo Extreme Racer, and Trick Style. That's a Holy pretty shit. damn good lineup. That's wow. a good lineup. That a great. That was a great launch. Yeah, lineup there. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, and 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 PlayStation did their best to basically kill the Dreamcast because they basically said PlayStation Two is <laughs> coming, and it everybody basically shifted away from Dreamcast. Um, yeah, they they launched at a really hard time there because it was uh, they seemed to be faltering, like we we talked about before with 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 all the problems that you mentioned so they came out with this you know Dreamcast and it was like this is the next big thing this is this is awesome but they they launched it so early that i remember at this point hearing the news of gamecube playstation 2 uh even you know the rumblings of of xbox and thinking like oh man okay so it's going to be like a you know, year or a couple of years until these things launch, like, is it worth waiting because they're going to be even more powerful and more capable than the Dreamcast is. So the Dreamcast was in this weird middle section that really, I don't think did it Mm -hmm. any favors whatsoever. Uh, Whereas now, like you think sometimes, you know, first out of the gate is, is maybe an advantage kind of thing, even, but you know, if, if it's a couple of months or something like that, but, um, yeah, this was a really weird time to launch, I think. Yeah, they had a unique uh, relationship with Microsoft, Microsoft for their OS. Uh, the, the, the controller was weird because it had one analog stick. 
had a uh, VMU that had a uh, uh, basically yeah. it was like a, 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 a screen, like, right? Yeah, it was like a memory card, but it had a screen. So there were, they had all these grand ideas of like you'd be able to do like plays, but you could take it out and like feed a pet. I think mm-hmm. <laughs> was the weird thing. Yeah, the Tamagotchi element for the Sonic game. Yep. Yeah, 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 and then also had an online, uh, basically a, a, a dial-up modem in, involved as well, Sega Net, um, and I'm not sure exactly what that did. I never used it, uh, but they did have uh, Fantasy Star Online later on. Um, but the the system really looked beautiful. Those games really popped, um, and it was really interesting. Um, but that just it struggled to find an audience. I think it sold a million at launch, but then after that, it just kind of dwindled down. Um, and then Sony launched in, um, uh, basically they launched about a year later. Um, their launch date in the U S was October 26, 2000. They launched with armor core two dead or live Two hardcore dinosaur warriors two. Yes. Oh man. There's so many here, guys. Um, <laughs> uh, eternal ring, Evergrace, fan of vision. Don't forget Fanavision, uh, Gun Griffin, Blaze, Kesson, uh, Madden 2001, Midnight Club Street Racing, NHL 2001, Orphan, Cue Ball, Billiards Master, uh, Ridge Racer 5, uh, Cell Scope, Smuggler's Run, Street Fighter FX3, Summoner, perfect game, uh, Surfing H3O, Swing Away Golf, Tick and Tag Tournament, Time Splitters, Unreal Tournament, Wild Wild Racing, X Squad, and many other games. That's a huge lineup, too. Mm-hmm. The, the problem that I recall with PlayStation 2's game launch, and I guess the launch in general, I don't know if the problem was the same in the States or not, or maybe this was just where I am, where I lived, and the you know store situation at the time, but we were lucky enough to get the PlayStation 2 the Christmas that it launched, uh, and I think I talked about this last time, is when my brother got the PlayStation 2, my big gift that year was Majora's Mask and seeing even as much as I love that game, seeing the PlayStation two compared to what I was playing with on the N64 is like, Oh man, they need to come up with a GameCube real soon. But (laughs) uh, the, the problem that we had here when my brother got the PlayStation two was you couldn't find the games to buy there. I don't know if our stores just weren't stocked properly. Uh, I think the Christmas day he had, uh, one of the Tony Hawk games, but it was, I, I believe, um, PlayStation one, or there was, there was some sort of PlayStation one game. And I, I can't remember exactly. I think it was Tony Hawk or something like that anyway, but it was, uh, lucky enough that it was backwards compatible, which is funny going into the next generation, but thinking that PlayStation <laughs> two was, was backwards compatible. Uh, so we were stuck playing a PlayStation one game until after Christmas, we could rent a PlayStation two game to see what they actually looked like. And it was a little while before we could actually find PS2 games in store. Did you guys have any of those kind of problems there? Or is that just like uh, living on an island uh, issue? <laughs> the The PlayStation 2 is probably the worst, um, the worst time I ever had getting a new console. I tried to get one on launch day. Uh, stood in line for several hours to come up empty and I couldn't get my hands on one for like six months. They were so hard to come by. Mm. Um, I just remember being so frustrated and and trying so hard for the longest time to get that system. Um, so yeah, I, I, it's probably not, it's probably not because (laughs) that's right. I had all of them. Right. (laughs) 
Um, PlayStation 2s for the sexy ladies. Exactly. <laughs> All those sexy ladies, like Thrill Kill. I love that game. Um, <laughs> but um, I actually was in Korea when the PlayStation 2 launched. Um, I was in the Air Force. Um, I was just newly married. So I was the first one that probably tricked their wife into saying, honey, I'm going to get you a DVD player. It's called the PlayStation 2. <laughs> so I ordered it online in Korea, and I sent it to her. I was able to go back to the U.S. in, uh, I would say it would be, oh God, it would be October 2001 when I was actually back in the U.S. And I said, you know, honey, I'll get you a regular DVD player. I'll take this off your hands because you don't really want that, right? <laughs> so I wow. took the PlayStation back, yeah, uh, and I loved it. I, I, I just I just couldn't get enough. But I, I'll have to talk about Mark on a future episode about all my hijinks and horrible piracy. Because when I was in Korea, there was a lot of piracy going on. But I'll talk about that mm-hmm. in a future episode. But yeah, I had the PlayStation 2 in 2001 um, because I tricked my wife. Okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Amazing. So uh, GameCube, Xbox, where where was uh, – you, you, at this point, both of you, you have PlayStation 2s. You've experienced the Dreamcast. What's your hype level going into uh, the next two? Because they launched – Really closely together, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah, uh, November 18th, t- 2001 for the GameCube in the U.S. The uh, Xbox was November 15th, 2001. So three days apart. It's crazy. Right. So uh, for GameCube, you got All-Stars Baseball 2002, Batman Vengeance, Crazy Taxi, Dave Miria, Freestyle BMX 2, Extreme, Disney Tarzan Untamed, Luigi's Mansion, Madden NFL 2002, NHL Hits 2002, Star Wars Rogue Squadron 2 Rogue Leader, Super Monkey Ball, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3, and Wave Race Blue Storm. GameCube killed Wave Race. <laughs> then on yeah, Xbox, so bad mm-hmm. that uh, who forgot? Uh, Bobby and Sean completely forgot they they called Wave Race out as a, a one-off franchise for Nintendo. I was like screaming in my car while I'm listening to the podcast. Like, <laughs> what about Blue Storm? And I was the only jackass that remembered that game. You can blame uh, GameCube for that one, Mark. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, but on the Xbox, even better. Shrek was a launch title, along with Halo Combat Evolved, Odd Worlds, Munch Odyssey, Dead or Alive 3, 4x4, Evo 2, NASCAR Thunder 2002, Project Gotham Racing, Dark Summit, NHL Hits 2002, Air Force Delta Storm, Mad Dash Racing, Cell Damage, uh, Madden 2002, NASCAR Heat 2002, Transworld Surf, Arctic Thunder, Test Drive Off-Road Wide Open, Fusion Frenzy, and Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2X. Wow, decent launch lineup. I, I didn't think uh, Xbox had that big of a launch lineup. Um, anyone else remember when uh, Halo was a Mac exclusive? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Oh You're no, uh, fifth games too. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Marathon, right? That was Marathon. The first game. Yeah, Marathon was great. Yeah, um, yeah. That was that was like touted as uh, it's going to be like the the next big thing for the Mac. Anyway, yeah. Um, so I remember the uh, the GameCube launch and. Uh, yeah, I was I was so excited and and I I think I've mentioned this on you know we always think I mentioned this earlier you know we always think like the games look uh, way better than they do but I remember GameCube launching and looking at Luigi's Mansion and be like okay no we're at Pixar like we're playing Toy Story right now like this is <laughs> this is a Pixar game it, like on my TV that I'm controlling uh, Luigi and even though that game was super short it was still delightful. 
Um, and then, you know, but the big draw, even though it wasn't a launch game for GameCube was, I, I think, Smash Brothers for me. Um, how, how were you guys feeling at the, the GameCube launch? Well, I loved Wave Race. I'll just say it right now. I oh, thought Wave Race Adam, Blue Storm was awesome. I love you. <laughs> uh, and very specifically, I remember uh, Star Wars Rogue, Rogue Squadron or hell Rogue yes. or whatever the hell it was called. It was just, at the time, mind-blowing to, to run through those Death Star battles. And mm-hmm. yeah, GameCube was, uh, GameCube was a great little machine for sure. Yeah, GameCube, that's what got me back to Nintendo for owning consoles. Um, I owned actually my first one since the uh, NES was the GBA. And then uh, I'm like, I'm all in on GameCube because all those franchises looked really good. And I was uh, I was just seeing them take the leap because with Twilight Princess and Resident Evil 4 was actually the game that got me to want to buy oh, a oh, yeah. uh, GameCube because that was hmm. an exclusive. I'm like, I'm all down. So, um, yeah, I love the GameCube. I thought it was one of the better systems. It was the last system nintendo made that actually was a powerhouse yeah really i mean the the resident evil remake is still the basis i believe of the any resident evil remake that is still there like that the mm-hmm. their their remake of of one even though you know it's now been up res and high definition whatever but I, I think that was the basis of you know any remake to come and that thing was scary as hell at the time that was great yeah so good and it again looked for the time so much more realistic than what we got with the original resident evil and those those original games that it was like and they they had uh the original one they had resident evil i believe zero Zero. was the Mm -hmm. the the exclusive or the new one or whatever um and yeah man that was yeah such a such a great system um one one thing I want to ask you guys, since I only had, again, you know, I had the GameCube, my brother had the PS2, any kind of, like, for, for my memories of GameCube, obviously I played all the, the first-party exclusives, but Adam, to your point before, there's nothing like having a party and there's nothing like getting a bunch of friends together. We played so much Time Splitters 2, so much Smash <laughs> Brothers, uh, so many multiplayer games on the GameCube yep. that... To me, that's my memory of the GameCube and PlayStation started to become this place where it was like the more mature stuff. Uh, but it was a lot mm-hmm. of story driven stuff, Grand Theft Autos and, and that kind of those those kind of games where since you guys owned all four of these, where does each console sit for you? Like was the Dreamcast just fun for a bit? Was the Xbox where you played shooters? PS2 was RPGs. Like where where did each of these land? overall in in your kind of gaming memory uh todd go if you want to start with this one well i will say i think gamecube of all these was my favorite from that generation i don't know what it was but everything clicked uh the 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 mario sunshine resident evil 4 um it was uh it was i I loved wind waker it's still one of my favorite Mm -hmm. zelda games of all time but it's probably my favorite of that generation and the wave bird we have WaveBird to thank us for having wireless controllers. Before that, we were wired, and it just mm-hmm. really – it just was such a good system, and Nintendo was innovating at that time, and I really loved it. But I will say this. Xbox delivered my one of my favorite games from that generation, and it has Buffy the Vampire Slayer. 
I love the show. (laughs) That game was rad. And it was exclusive to Xbox. And I had a friend who, and when I was deployed in Saudi Arabia, she had the Xbox and had that game. And I borrowed it, and that got me to buy an Xbox. So it's bizarre. Such a strange generation. And I love the Dreamcast for it delivered. But like I said, GameCube was my favorite system of that generation. Wow. All right. Adam, what about you? Yeah. I, uh, you know, there's something to be said about that. And I, there's a, there's a narrative going on right now about everybody should be able to play everything everywhere, but I will, till the day I die, say that exclusives absolutely define a console. And you just hit on it right there about, um, I mean, some of my favorite games of all, all time were on that PlayStation two silent Hill two is one of my favorite games ever. Uh, absolutely love it. When I think of the GameCube, I think of, uh, you know, the Resident Evil 4 obviously was ported to other things, but at the time it was exclusive. Mario Kart Double Dash is like, mm-hmm. yeah, Mario Kart 8 is kind of like the the ultimate collection of everything that's come to that point. But before that, I think Double Dash is like the best Mario Kart game. Um, Dreamcast, I think a crazy taxi. I lost so many hours of my life to crazy taxi um the xbox is the the system that i have the least amount of time with just because like i said that was right at that point where i was moving out but i i certainly remember sitting down and playing halo co-op the the entire experience with my brother uh Mm. we sat down and played halo through and we'd never played a a co-op campaign like that before so that was a very defining game as well but, I mean, I look back at all those games and I think of the games that were only available on those platforms. I think there's something to be said for that. It's amazing, sure. that, the, it's amazing the Duke didn't kill the Xbox, so there we go. <laughs> but you could kill someone with the Duke. You could. Hell yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny uh, you mentioned the, the Wave Bird. Did you guys ever try any wireless controllers? For like, I remember my brother had a terrible wireless controller that was like uh basically you had to be in line of sight with the receiver that was plugged into the playstation so like if if he even (laughs) like moved it a tiny bit behind his leg or someone stepped in front of the tv or the console it would like conk out completely like and then i'm sitting there with my wave bird and i could like go in another room and it's still connecting and it's it's just so good and and just seamless and and you could connect multiple wave birds and just switch the channels and it was like such a revolutionary thing that like anything Mm -hmm. else it was it was like an iphone launch basically it's like from that point on any other phone looked ridiculous and like for same thing with the wave bird like any other controller was just like what is that stupid thing with a wire coming out of it you're crazy like (laughs) oh man yeah did you guys did you have any experience with like other things or did you guys just experience Wavebird and was like, nope, this is the future. hundred percent. I, I had the Logitech versions of PS2 and Xbox wireless controllers. They were the only ones that were actually, I would say halfway decent. The rest though were knockoffs off eBay. They were horrible, mm. but yeah, the Logitech <laughs> versions were halfway decent, but to your point, Mark, th- they were lock solid on the, with the Wavebird. The other mm. ones were janky at best. Yeah. I just remember taking the wave bird into the bathroom to see if it would still work. And it did. <laughs> Had a better reason we than all we did that. Yeah, we're all just, what room can I'm we go in? I'm taking a shit and I'm owning yeah. you at Mario Kart. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Tell me what's but happening I'm on the TV. Well. Yeah. 
tell me what's happening. <laughs> yeah. They need to the walkie talkies. Yeah. They need way back bird technology in the wave Wii U gamepad. Really? Yeah. I'm not going to argue that one. Uh, they, they, uh, even with with the Joy-Con and that kind of stuff on Switch, I mean, the, the con- connectivity, there, there were were so many connectivity issues, even when the Switch launched and, and still going today. I mean, that you know, say what you will about the quality of the sticks and drift and all that kind of stuff. But I, I do remember, like, you know, having my Switch controllers, and if you put them behind your back or behind your leg or something, and they can't see the console, like you will get interference. So, like, even Nintendo's wireless quality has has dropped. So, yeah, bring back the WaveBird, one hundred percent. So, I think we can say at this point, um, GameCube won the generation. That was the end of the story. It was the, uh, the success everybody wanted. <laughs> Definitely. End of podcast. That (laughs) alternate history and the Nazis were running Nintendo. Sorry. (laughs) Mercy. Yeah. PS2 uh, still is that the still the best selling console of all time? I believe that is right. It is standalone console. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think after that now PlayStation 4 is now number two. Then I think followed up by uh, I think either we or PlayStation one. Yeah. Do you guys think uh, Switch has the potential to to outsell PlayStation 4 at least? Maybe not PS2, but um, do you guys think it'll lifetime sales uh, that we'll see the Switch in number two? It's going to be really curious to see what happens with Switch over the next couple of years now that um, now that we're really entering into that next phase of, of gaming with PlayStation 5 and the Xbox box <laughs> so i'm very curious to watch what nintendo does to react i don't know i don't know yeah and i mean I, i'm curious to see if the the you know super switch or or whatever it will be called that that's rumored that you know an upgrade will i guess that that would still count as a switch because you know new, new 3ds and and 3ds xl that all still counted as the 3ds family of sales right even game boy game boy color that kind of stuff all counted towards game boy sales so it w- it would still as long as it's you know not switch two interesting I, I suppose would still count right yeah i mean and it's going to be interesting to see if they do like fully backwards compatible i mean in the future if, i mean because right now mm-hmm. xbox can play old games too so it's a weird uh, variants, but I mean, at this point, uh, game, uh, Switch is in a great position because they they are the only ones that are selling a system at two hundred dollars, and mm. that makes it much easier to sell a billion copies. I mean, they're maybe in the DS mode where they can sell one hundred and fifty plus uh, and get there and have three Switches in a family. Right now, nobody's got four. I mean, except for me, um, <laughs> four Playstations in their house. That's accurate. <laughs> <laughs> except for me he says all right <laughs> uncle money oh, yes 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 uh oh well well that is it for the show folks um but before we leave adam <laughs> if you want to keep up with everything that i'm doing the easiest way to do that is to just go to megadads.org uh we have all of our podcasts our features our video content everything that we do uh, over at Megadads is available at megadads.org. If you want to follow me personally, best way to do that is on Twitter at the art of Adam L. 
uh, Adam does fantastic artwork, folks. He is phenomenal. He even put up with my crap when we were trying to get a, a logo done. He didn't kill me. He was respectful, and he definitely will do an awesome job for you. Just, mm-hmm. just kept messaging me saying, more sexy ladies. <laughs> I was like, no, Todd. Todd, I'm not. That's not the kind of artwork I do. Adam, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for being on. And folks, if you are looking for a professional to do some awesome work for you, Adam is available. And please check out his stuff. So, Mark, thank you. So can you take much. us out here, buddy? Absolutely. Yes, you can. Uh, you can follow Co-op Mode uh, on Twitter at Co underscore Op Mode underscore Pod, or you can follow Todd and I directly at T Oxtra and at the underscore Canardian. Um, if you want to leave some thoughts on uh, your your experience with GameCube, Dreamcast, PS2, Xbox, or any of the other console wars or anything else uh, that we talk about or ask some questions, you can interact with us on the Secret Friends Unite Facebook group and page, or you can leave a message on our hotline, 872-225-2496. Uh, leave a three-minute or less message, game review, whatever you want to say, just as long as it's not a string of profanities or uh, or talking about Todd's sexy ladies. We'll leave that kind of conversation <laughs> for him. Uh, but if you leave any other message, you'll be entered to win a giveaway for Roundguard on Xbox. Um, you can also uh, get in on that by leaving an iTunes review. Make sure you take a screenshot, send it to us. Because it is country specific, so Todd cannot see Canadian reviews, I cannot see American reviews, and we cannot see any other reviews from any other countries. So tag us in your review, screenshot it, and uh, you'll be entered to win. Excellent, folks. Mark, Adam, it's been a pleasure. It's been a journey. Thank you for being on. And remember, folks, it's always better to game together. The world of special play. Cherish life and never waste. Everyone loves a sunshiny day. We're gonna keep it that way. Let's clean is better than dirty. And dirty's meaner than clean. Let's all lend a helping hand. Mario can't do it alone. He'll spray his water to fly around and clean the sludge that's on the ground. Cause clean is better than dirty. And dirty's meaner than clean. Super Mario Sunshine, only for Nintendo GameCube. Waiting for everyone.